This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. Oh, Friday never looks so good. We have some rumors, some speculation to put to rest here. Lee Shervanian, I'm going to start right from the top. It was a great fall football preview party at Heroes in West Mobile yesterday. As I was leaving, a listener came up to me and said he couldn't tell, but that there was a drink in front of you that did not look like a soft drink or water. water. Can you confirm that there was an alcoholic beverage in your possession. I took a sip. Woo! And when that individual who had the glass next to me said, why are you doing that? I said, I'm thirsty. <laughs> and I couldn't find the water. <laughs> I took one. No, I took two sips. For, for honesty's purpose, I all took right. two sips. Well done. It was a wine, Chardonnay. We all know who it was for. Yep. She was star the, she was star of the uh, party, by the way. <laughs> No comment. Oh, okay. No uh, comment. <laughs> so we want to thank I think we had a lot of stars yesterday. I yeah. really do. And I appreciate all of the so-called sports celebrities who came out and really made a night. I mean, I was just so thrilled. I guess the part, <laughs> this is on me, getting to meet people like Elvis. Yeah. But having people like Elvis and some of the others say, do you remember? And I'm starting to wonder about myself. Elvis was telling me things I did 30 years ago that I couldn't remember. <laughs> and Elvis, this is to you because I, I really appreciate it. He says, Lee, do you remember when we were at the, uh, I guess it was the Civic Center or the Convention Center? And Elvis is listening, I hope. And he said, you and I were there. And I didn't know he worked for the newspaper. All right, I, I did not know that either. I did not know that I he was. something uh, new every and day. He, and he rattled off all the names, most of them whom I'm very familiar with. And he said, do you remember when you and I were there to interview Evander Holyfield? And I'm going, uh-oh, no, I don't. And he said, and and I ran, and he said he ran out of batteries and that I supplied him with his batteries, and for that he always remembered. And I'm thinking, gosh, I don't even remember interviewing Evander Holyfield. The impact you have on the community, Lee. But the Jesus other one that got have me. have no boundaries. And the other one he told me was a story was written in the uh, – what was it, the press register at the time? Uh, yeah. Okay. And that I was a uh, doing sports on KRG AM, and he said, I actually, I actually called up the register not to complain so much, but that something to do with the story said that there was not like a sports entity in, in Mobile or something like that. I don't remember how he worded it. That wasn't that wasn't the issue. The issue was I don't remember calling up. I've never even called a, a radio talk show before, let alone called a newspaper. Good times. But he said I did. So well, has my memory gotten that bad? Yes. Was that too quick of a yeah. quick of an answer for you? Hey, so we want to thank everybody for uh, joining us. We had a great uh, lineup, and I'm gonna forget ev- all the people. But Sherman Williams came out. Robert Brazil came out. Uh, Richie Riley, the South Alabama basketball coach, was out there with his guys. Uh, Barry Dunning Jr. showed up. Uh, Braylon McReynolds. Uh, Mr. Lacey also showed up. The guys from the football team were there. 
David Morris of QB Country. Who am I forgetting? I'm probably forgetting. But check I our think social. I pretty well covered it. Check our social media uh, on Twitter and excuse me X and Facebook, and uh, you'll you'll see we had a great lineup. Pigskin and the guys were out there, so it was a lot of fun. John Ricchetti showed up, so we really had a great time. We want to thank all you guys. Uh, big news! Big news! Auburn's got a starting quarterback, Lee Shervanian. Came out of nowhere. For a guy, remember the coach said on he had to go back and review the film, and it was back to a three-man job. And I said something like, I wouldn't be surprised if he named somebody later in the week, and he did. And it's no surprise the Michigan State transfer, uh, Peyton Thorne, takes over. And, you know, there we have excerpts from the press conference, and thankfully somebody did ask him, even though you're not going to get much of an answer on the Michael Orr case, but um, – they asked him about Thorne, of course, and, and then they asked him, what if um, do you expect any of the other quarterbacks to transfer? And he said, well, I haven't talked to them. I haven't heard it, but I hope not. He said, I mean, he actually kind of like um, – he didn't roll his eyes, but it felt like he rolled his eyes because I watched the press conference. He's like, man, what a world we live in. And uh, I look, I think he's gr- he's killing press conferences. Yeah, I, I think he's knocking them out of the park. But uh, he, he made the point that Thorne absorbed the playbook. Uh, and that he is just further along. It's not to say the others weren't. He was very careful not to um, distance those other guys. Robbie Ashford, he said, probably one of the best athletes, if not the best athlete he's ever coached at the position. So that kid's going to get on the field, it sounds like. But it sounds like Thorne just made up a whole lot of ground, which is interesting because you can't say the same thing for that guy on the other side of the state who transferred in from uh, Notre Dame and Buckner. But uh, it's Thorne. He was shocked. Um, Freeze was shocked at how this is what's really interesting. He said, I don't know how you guys found out. Only four guys, four people knew. Well, Hugh, let me clue you in. It's not it's only a secret if one person knows. Yeah. So any praise holding Griner and said he's got the best passing uh, arm on the team. And yeah, I mean, you know, he said the right things, of course, and. I'm not surprised that Peyton Thorne will take the first snaps. Uh, I think he did mention something to the effect that he'd get Ashford on the field somehow, some way. I don't know how he's going to do it. So this comes as no surprise. He did say that last week he he really actually praised more Ashford than he did uh, Thorne. So what, in two or three practice days, all of a sudden – the one guy shoots up the ladder and the others don't? Yeah, so I think one of the things I would have been curious about, and I'm not sure it was asked, was, you know, he talked about going after the, the, the scrimmage, how he said he had it down to two, but now he's got to open it back up to three. I'm curious, was it Ashford that played really well since he was very complimentary? But I kind of feel like Ashford was probably in the in that two. So, I don't know. I guess it's all water under the bridge at this point. But uh, Peyton Thorne is starting game one. He pointed out that that may not be the case for every single game of the season, but I like the fact that he he, he named a starter. The, that, that kid, whoever it is, needs to get the reps, needs to get the offense down, and I think the same needs to be said in Tuscaloosa. So I think we're all anxiously awaiting to see what the, uh, what the Tide does now. Not to put UMass down, but if Peyton Thorne goes in there and doesn't play well against them, he doesn't deserve to start <laughs> Well, and my guess is they'll all see some limited probably, action, right? Probably, I mean, yeah. In that game, they will. UMass is not uh, a very good football program. 
and it's kind of like an exhibition start for Auburn, much like it is for Alabama, although I think Alabama's opponent is a little bit more difficult than uh, UMass, that's Middle Tennessee, even though both games are expected to be blowouts, but at least Auburn's got the pecking order now, and I, and I find it amusing that Hugh Freeze did say that Ashford's the, the best, what, he's the best athlete he's ever yeah, coached or something athletic, like that. Yeah, most athletic, yeah. Yeah, well, so much for that. Well, I mean, he's got, but it, it goes back to, and this is where both programs uh, have been consistent with what they want, right? They want a guy that has good pocket awareness, uh, protects the ball, makes the right reads, and all that kind of stuff. So um, it's hard to keep athletic on the bench. You know, there's a, there's an old adage that speed never has a bad day. Um, but there's something to be said for somebody that can grasp the uh, offense, and so there you have it. Uh, we're going to continue to talk about it throughout the course of the day. In fact, Jason Caldwell is going to join us at 8, but we'll be talking a lot about it throughout the course of our show. We're with you for the next three hours. Uh, we have a lot to get to. There were some other things we're going to get to, too. When it, uh, Hugh Freeze had a lot to say because he was also asked about Michael Orr, as you pointed out, in the twoies. Uh, we'll probably get to that in the next segment because I thought he was uh, that was very telling as well. And he has a problem with reporters. He didn't have a problem with reporters in the open viewing period and, and staying for practice longer. He did have a huge problem with those reporters taking video. Take pictures, observe. He's like, do not take video, which I thought was interesting. So he's trying to figure out who his leak is, right? It's not going to be real hard to figure it out. There are only four people he said that knew about the quarterback before it got broken. Who were broken. the other three? That's a great question. Because he said he didn't even tell the coordinators, I thought he said. Did he tell the quarterback? I don't think so. Well, then who else would he tell? His wife? His he, kids? Th- it, it, he made it sound like it was somebody in the program. Loose lips, sing chips. Mm. So we'll get to all that coming up. But let me tell you, we're going to talk to Chase Smith coming up at 630. Uh, our big fall football preview party winner, the winner of the 65-inch 4K and the $1,800 recliner, Mr. Logan Hike, will join us at 650. Logan and his dad got to Heroes at like three o'clock and stayed for the entire show just to hear whether his name was called it was called so congratulations what to a, him what a gift for him to move into an, a dormitory yeah 18 year old college he, freshman yeah is he gonna well we can ask him a little later is he gonna take the tv into the dorm plus the recliner um uh, i'm not sure uh, is there enough room i'm thinking dad might have something to say about that so, uh, but we'll ask him. Dad's name wasn't called. No, it was not. It was not. But Dad's also, uh, I'm assuming, m- helping. He's coming on early with us because he's actually moving into his dorm today at South. So, uh, very cool story there. We'll talk to Logan. Uh, Middle Light Golf Report. John Shetty joins at seven. Mike Detillier. We'll talk some Saints with Mike at seven thirty. It's been a minute. Uh, and then Jake Coker, former Alabama quarterback, he will join us at eight thirty. He might have a little insight into transfer quarterbacks and what they're uh what they have to deal with on a daily basis trying to get in uh in the groove there at the program all right so we're just getting started scoreboard traffic and weather will kick things off for you on this friday edition when we come back it was pretty clear where hugh free stood on this michael or sean and leanne tui situation we'll share that with you when we come back we'll open up the phones as well 694-1055 the opening kickoff here we go
Hi, this is Saran Stacy. You're listening to WNSB 105.5. You guys can jump in. 694-1055. That is the number. All right. I did leave out one in the Hall of Fame class for Spring Hill, Jeff Burke. So, Nathan, thank you. Uh, you got that song I wanted. I wonder if the <laughs> previous guy would have been alert enough to do it, but he's headed to New Jersey. Wow. Nathan again comes through big time. Mr. Wow. Clutch. Well, you know what they say. The backup quarterback is always the most popular guy on the team. Uh so you mentioned uh, the Tuies and Michael Orr, the story that keeps on giving throughout the year. Uh, finally, somebody asked Hugh Freeze. We we talked about this. When is somebody going to ask Hugh Freeze about this story? They finally asked him. He made no bones about it. He is pro Tui on this topic. He was very careful not to say anything like negative about Michael Orr, but it was very clear, and I'm paraphrasing. But he said, if they don't take him in, there's no story here. Uh, but he was very complimentary of the Tuies. Um He wasn't nasty about Michael Orr, but he didn't say a whole lot of positive about Michael Orr. He was very much Team Tui. Well, he was trying to also play middle of the road, too. Like you said, he's not trying to alienate. He, he, he actually said, look, I don't know enough about it or anything like that. He was... You know, asked about that. It's tough to take sides in this if you're in the middle. And he was in the middle. Michael Orr, uh, he coached Michael Orr for a while. And obviously the Tuies were a big influence on the school and, and, and getting Michael Orr out there, I would think. I still remember that um, we had Hugh Freeze on way back when the movie came out. And I'll never forget asking him. I said, Hugh, was it true that uh, Leanne Tui came out of the stands to tell you what play to run <laughs> as the movie depicted it. He said, no, nah, that never happened. So, I mean, it's it's very – and I've talked to other people, Mark, and, it, and, and they know both sides, and it's tough to take sides even if right now the evidence is stacked against uh, Michael Orr in that the, uh, the money situation – you know, about Michael Orr saying he got nothing and others are coming out and saying that's not true. I don't know how this thing is going to play out. To be honest with you, I'm surprised it got this far. I don't I don't understand why Michael Orr, and we said this earlier in the week, why he just didn't go to the family and said, end the conservatorship, okay? Unless he's trying to milk them for a lot of money, as has been suggested, a shakedown what do you do, $15 million or something yeah, like that? Yeah. And there's no, they didn't, the Tuies, first of all, again, we're repeating, they didn't need any money. The guy sold his business for $200 million. I don't know the Tuie family, but I find it hard to believe, unless it was proven, that they were trying to reap expenses off of Michael Orr. I do want to, uh, speaking of family, um, do you see that two, two of the great names in Chicago Bulls history will be re- uniting? Did you see this story? Couldn't miss it. Ladies and gentlemen, wrap your heads around this one. All right. For those that don't know, Marcus Jordan, Michael Jordan's son, he's 32, grown man, right? He has been dating Larsa Pippen, Scottie Pippen's ex-wife. How old is she? Older. 
How old? Um, Not that it matters. I mean, I, I don't. It doesn't matter to me. But she in her forties. She is forty nine. According to the TMZ, who's got their finger on the pulse of these kind of stories, they are planning nuptials. They are planning to get married. Now, Michael Jordan was asked, I think, last month how he felt about Marcus dating Pippen's ex-wife, and he was just adamantly against it. How about Scottie Pippen? What is his? Well, that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking P- Scotty ain't exactly going to be at the wedding. Will Michael Jordan be at the wedding? Mm. What if both of them, like... Would they sit together? Who? Pippin and Jordan? No, well, Pippin and Jordan already aren't getting along because I know, Pippin, but this Pippin's is a fam- talking. But but it's family. Well, I don't I don't know if you classify the ex-wife as family. I don't I don't, I don't think Scotty's rolling up to the well, wedding sometime, regardless of who she's married. A lot of times you hear stories the ex-wife they after all the acrimony and all the bitterness they become friends or something like that. I don't know what his relationship is with with her, but wouldn't it be neat though if they if they actually get married? You got Jordan. His family on this side and the Pippins on the other. And I don't know if Scotty, is he remarried or dating him? I don't follow his hmm. career. Well, he, he's written a book. I know that, which wasn't very complimentary of Michael Jordan. Right. So I would assume, yeah, they won't be together. Yeah, it, it's it's not going to. It's not. How gonna about this? All right. Which of the two goes to the wedding? They have a one-on-one basketball game. Loser stays home. Hmm. Scotty looks like he's in a little bit better shape. But he's got uh, back would, issues, man. I would never put Jordan out of it. Yeah. Uh, in the app, another Jordan taking the lead over a Pippin. Yeah. How about this? The jokes are going to come fast and furious on this son? one. The son says, Dad, would you be my best man? Yep. Sure, son. Yep. <laughs> yeah, sure. It's just wild. Then you wonder what kind of a relationship was going on. You know, was Michael friendly to Pippin's I'm assuming they were married at the time that they played together. I don't know, but. Well, son's definitely making up for it if, if he wasn't. So uh, just a wild story. Wonder how they get, well, I wonder where they met. I don't know. Maybe he was dribbling a ball on the side when, when dad was practicing. I mean, so what? There's seven. There's 17 years difference. Did I do that math? 32, 49. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. So, hey, love is blind. True. Uh, it's not about to me. It's not about the ages. Yeah, I think it would have been better. It would have been a better story. And I don't. Jordan has daughters, right? Yes. So it would have been a better story if Pip Scotty Pippen was marrying one of Jordan's daughters, because then it would have been a blood thing, right? That the ex-wife he's kind of once kind of removed hey, from it. Hey, uh, don't don't put that one out of the realm of possibility either. You never know. Oh, to get back at to so to get back at Michael and Marcus, Scotty starts dating one of Michael Jordan's daughters. Oh, talk about the last for the dance lo- for the love of the game! Wow, I love it. All right, coming up next, uh, Chase Smith's going to join us. We'll talk to our fall football preview uh, party m- mini man cave winner. That's a mouthful. Oh, by the way, the Tuies are in another story as it relates to Ja Morant. Are they bringing him into the house now? No. It's a it's a crazy story. We'll uh, share that with you at some point today, too. We've got a lot going on here. It's a Friday, man. Let's do it. It's the opening kickoff. Stay with us.
632. Welcome back in. Again, want to thank all you guys who came out and hung with us at the fall football preview party over at Heroes in Westmobile yesterday. It was a lot of fun. Saw a lot of folks. Great turnout. Um, we had a lot of fun. So uh, thanks to you folks for making that happen. Uh, we're going to talk to uh, John Ricchetti and Mike Dettelier in hour number two. Jason Caldwell on everything that went down at Auburn uh, in hour number three along with Jake Coker. Um, and we are efforting Chase Smith as we speak. Mr. Shervanian, how about that? Yeah, they had a uh, jamboree yesterday, Spanish Fort, St. Michael's. Our first high school broadcast on WNSP yeah. will be next w Thursday night when Fairhope takes on uh, Spanish Fort. And, of course, Spanish Fort's been very much in the news with Sterling Dixon transferring there. They had a uh, jamboree. I'm sure there was uh, quite a few people out there to enjoy the game yesterday. Speaking of high school coverage we hit the road start next week how about that long trip to fairhope we start off with fairhope we're gonna go way out and then work our way back to baker <laughs> high school yeah we're really going uh out one way and in the other which is closer to home baker next friday fairhope thursday and then next friday uh, we'll be broadcasting that much ballyhooed much hyped up game between uh, lipscomb academy and Sarah Land. That'll be the first of our seven Sarah Land high school football games. So we're certainly looking forward to that. All right. So we got a minute here while we're efforting. But so I mentioned John Morant. So there is a uh, there is a card, a trading card that has tripled in value. Lee, his his 2021 card uh, has tripled uh, in value. You want to know why? I sure do, yeah, because I may take a bid on that. So it was going for about a hundred bucks. It's going now for three hundred and twenty-five plus in the last forty-eight hours. That's all, because Sean and Leanne Tui are in the background of the card. Like, like they're in the they're in the they're in the they're the, they're the fans. This is great radio vision, but I'm sharing it with you. They're literally in the background of a John Morant now, card, now which is Sean used to do the uh, commentary on Memphis, but he's it's not were, a press row, is he? No, they were just they were just hanging. Right. They were just hanging. But because their name started circulating, and they got to be in the news so much, it has caused a stir and a demand for this card. But that. How crazy yeah, is that? Three hundred dollars is nothing for. A, well, I mean, what, we're hearing millions and millions true. of dollars and stuff for shirts and merchandise. But it tripled in value simply because Sean and Leanne Tui are caught the corner of of a trading card. Be honest with you, I could even afford that one. Well, buy a couple of them for you. I, I don't buy cards anymore. I used to. I don't. I never bought it. Well, yeah, I did. All I, right. I what if we cards. throw in a stick of gum just for old times' sake, Lee? Sure. Double bubble, <laughs> bubblelicious. Let's talk to Chase Smith. Chase. Let's the uh, head football coach at Spanish Fork. Good morning, sir. How you doing? Hey, good morning, guys. How are y'all? So tell us about the Jamboree yesterday. What were some of the highlights between your team and also uh, St. Michael's? Uh, well, I just I, it was great to get it in, you know, get a Jamboree in. and hadn't had Jamboree in so long, and that's kind of what I was used to back in the day, and I came back from, from college, and, and you see there's no Jamboree. So it was great to get you know, a good half of uh, game-like atmosphere. Game, you know, officials were there and uh, lights were on. There's a crowd and, and get these kids used to that environment and, uh, you know, objective achieved. I mean, we 
got some good quality play in and, and kept everybody healthy, so so I'm happy with it. Did you guys keep score? Uh, yeah, yeah, we kept score. Uh, first half, second half. It was first half varsity, second half JV, and you know, again, just able to uh, get the special teams out there, work on uh, personnel, and, and, and get some of those younger guys some reps, too, so everybody really got a lot of reps in. All right, let's talk about some of the individuals. First of all, Sterling Dixon, the transfer from Mobile Christian. How did he play? Uh, you know, watching, and I'm, I'm watching the film this morning. We played last night, but uh, from what I saw, you know, a lot of great effort flying around, you know, learning learning the scheme and, and, and everything on the fly and, and getting better every day. But I thought he had a good game and uh, played hard. Didn't he have a couple of sacks in the game? Uh, yeah, from what I saw, I think he had a, couple, a decent amount. Of, I don't have the stats, you know, getting them this morning, but uh, – I thought he had, you know, had a good game, had some tackles, had a sack or two, I think a rush, things like that. So, uh, overall, I thought he played well, pretty well. Chase, is he pretty much doing position-wise what he did at Mobile Christian, or have you changed the uh, where he's playing and, and what he's supposed to do out there? Uh, we're working. Do what now? Hello? Chase? Hey, can you hear me? Yeah, there we go. Is he pretty much doing what he did position-wise with Spanish Fort as he did the last few years with Mobile Christian? Uh, he'll do some of that, and he'll do some other things, whatever we, you know, game by game, week by week, that we think that he'd be good at, and personnel matchups and things like that. All right, what about the uh, – give us your bird's-eye view of the quarterback, the freshman quarterback named Rivers at St. Michael's. How did he perform? Oh, yeah, I thought so. I, I thought he did really well, so young, and – uh, you know, he's out there throwing the ball around, seemed pretty accurate, seemed very poised. I think, uh, you know, obviously, watch film, there's going to be things that his dad's going to want to correct. But, I mean, I thought for the most part, especially such a young young man, that I thought he played a lot of poise. And uh, I, thought I saw him make some really good, accurate throws. So I think that, uh, you know, Coach is going to be pleased with the foundation he's got right now. Who quarterbacked your team to start during the varsity uh, segment, and how did he perform? Uh, Aiden Schamberger, the younger kid, uh, played uh, for the most of the first quarter. Uh, I thought he did well. He made a couple couple mistakes that we're going to clean up, and you know, that's the main thing is is getting this film and getting an opportunity in game like atmosphere and reps out there and everything to get get these mistakes cleaned up and get more reps and get back at it. He's a he's a young guy, very athletic, but he's he's got uh, he's got an arm. For, for uh, love the he, he looks the part for sure, Coach. Yeah, he's going to be just fine. He's a good, talented young man, and uh, and we've got some more guys that can fill those you know some spots too as we go along. But yeah, I mean he's just building confidence, and you know he had a mistake early on and, and threw threw an interception, and the next drive he came right back and had two big plays, one with his legs and one with his arm, and had a touchdown pass, and you know just that's what I'm looking for is just come back next snap, have poise. You know, forget about the mistake you made us the next snap, next series. So you're a week away from the opening game against Fairhope. Quite a game to begin with. What do you like about the team, and what do you need to clean up? Uh, you know, I, I think I think we're getting there with defense. I think we've got 11 guys flying to the football. I think we're, you know, playing pretty physical, understanding our gap, responsibility, integrity, and angles. And uh, I didn't see – I think we're getting close to being a decent tackling team from what I saw. I didn't see a ton of missed tackles and, and poor poor angles. And, you know, that's the game. You know, is getting guys down, being great blockers, being great tacklers. And, 
you know, offensively, you know, we've got some uh, spots to fill and things to get better at there and just playing fast and, and staying on blocks longer, a little bit more effort here, a little bit better angle here. But, you know, we had one turnover, but we took care of the football for the most part and uh, just continued to learn our scheme and game plan and be fresh. So so who was more excited about the scrimmage with the Jamboree? You, the coaches for finally getting to see your guys play against some other competition or, or the guys for actually getting out there and, and getting in game-like situations? I think both. I think I think it was been a good long camp, but I think it has been a little bit longer than, than guys are used to. Uh, you know, we, we played this as our third week, you know, and going against each other. And then the kids have been good. The kids have worked hard and a lot of energy and, and, and focus. But uh, I think, you know, the kids want to play against somebody else. And like you said, the coaches want to want to see them play against somebody else and, and get that film work and, and get those corrections made. Over the years, Spanish Ford has always had that breakaway athlete, that uh, the guy that uh, can really make big plays. Do you have such a performer on your team this year? We'll see. To be determined. That's my message today is, you know, the platform is set. You know, we've got a lot of guys that played some different spots and given them opportunity uh, to earn some depth charts, uh, positions, and so who's going to stand out in practice with effort and those, those like you said, those explosive play type uh, possibilities and, and see who learns that. I, th- I think he just doesn't want to tell us because the other people might be listening and giving too much information <laughs> too early. Coach, I like it. <laughs> no, but I mean, you know, that's, you know, I mean, that's what I want. I want a good, healthy competition. And, you know, whoever's got the best day that day, we go with, with who's working it and who's earning it. And, and it starts out with effort with me. It starts out with blocking and tackling, flying to the football, getting lined up, urgency. And, and then those days, it's funny how those explosive plays happen when you're doing the right things and your and you're attention to the detail and, and, and have a great week of practice. Yeah, Coach, you really could have just thrown out a, a, a made-up name and, you know, had us, like, tweet it out. And <laughs> opposing coaches would be looking, on, looking for film with some guy that doesn't exist and have them run, chasing their tails. Yeah, Johnny Football. That's what it's going to be, Johnny Football. <laughs> well, that's a whole other set of issues I don't think you want to get into. <laughs> Fairhope yeah. has a lot of seniors on their team. Do you? I've got 23. I think he's got about 37 yeah. or so from what I read. Uh, yeah, he's he's big senior-laden team. And, you know, look, Tim, I mean, that's a fantastic program. And Tim, Tim Carter does a fantastic job. They're going to be well-coached. They're going to play a lot of effort. They're not going to make a lot of mistakes. And, uh, yeah. We just gotta we gotta be ready and go attack it. Quite a game to start the season. I guess it gets you kind of ready for that six A competition taking on a team like Fairhope. Such a rivalry game too, doesn't it, Chase? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's going to be a really big test. Obviously, they're big, powerful, uh, really competitive, and really uh, really good seven A program. I think they're ranked high or whatnot. I, I don't know exactly how high they're ranked, but like I said, I mean, I don't I don't care. You know, Tim's going to have a good product on the field that's going to be prepared, play hard, and uh, utilize their personnel well. So we've got to be prepared. Coach, thanks for getting up early with us after a big jamboree, man. We appreciate it. We wish you the best luck, and uh, we'll certainly talk soon. All right, thank you guys. Appreciate it. Yep. All right, we uh, we come back. Continue with your comments in the app, WNSP.com. When we come back, we're going to hear from the young man who hit the lottery last night. 65-inch 4K uh, television, $1,800 recliner. want to thank, by the way, Barrow Fine Furniture and uh, Bailey's TV and Mattress for uh, supplying what was just a unbelievable gift not knowing everything about his move 
into the dormitory, I would have to say he may be a very popular person on the dorm floor. Well, I know the kid. He's a popular kid regardless. Despite the but having the, a the purple uh, and gold hat, he was five inch TV set. If that's where it's going, yeah. I, I was in college. I remember I had the only TV set on the uh, on the floor. I became popular because of it, even really? though you could barely see it. All right, wrap it up. Hour number one next, right here on the Sports Station WNSP. Hi, this is Bo Manning, my co-producer of Training Days, Rolling with the Tide. You're listening to WNSP 105.5 Mobile. I've decided to uh, uh, start Peyton uh, Thorne, and um, let me say this first. I totally believe that Robbie and Holden, uh, we can win games with, with any of the three. Yeah, that's what Hugh Freeze said yesterday. Welcome back in as we're wrapping up uh, hour number one of the opening kickoff. We'll get back to Hugh Freeze in a second, but we got a we got a bigger winner than Peyton Thorne. I mean, he was the big winner in Auburn. He's got the he's QB one, but Logan Hike joins us here on WNSP, and this young man showed up to Heroes yesterday at like three three fifteen, and he waited patiently. And his uh, patience paid off because he was the winner of the fall football preview parties. Mini Man Cave, just in time to load up and head to college to South Alabama. Good morning, Logan. How are you? Uh, good morning, Mark. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. So uh, inquiring minds want to know, how much of the winnings are you taking to your dorm uh, this this fall when you uh, when you start classes at South Alabama? Well, unfortunately, I can't take any of it. I mean, it's just too dang big. Yeah, well, that's what we do here at WNSP, Logan. You go big or you go home. I mean, I got a nice 32-inch a couple months ago saying, this is all going to be nice for my dorm. And now I just got a 65-inch I got to worry about. I can't even get that recliner through the door. (laughs) Yeah, we should all have problems like that. Yeah, we all wish we had your problems, Hike. Really, we do. kid. Yeah. Uh, so, so who is the beneficiary of the win? Is, does, does dear old dad get to, uh, to, to ha- keep possession of the winnings until, until it's uh, time to move into a bigger place? Uh, well, the, bit, the, the recliner and the big TV are going to go into the man cave, and the big TV we have in the man cave now is going to go to him, and he's going to give his TV to one of my sisters. So now it all works out for everybody. It sounds like dad's the big winner, not you. Oh, I think it is because, you know, he lives pretty much lives alone. It's just me and him, and now, you know, he's got the whole thing to himself, and uh, I'm pretty jealous of him. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what you should do is you should tell Dad, look, I can't get this stuff in the dorm, so why don't we just upgrade me to an apartment? Whew. I don't know. I already paid for the dorm. Can't get out of that one. <laughs> All right. Logan Hikes, our guest here on WNSP. If, hypothetically, rhetorically speaking, you were to watch a college football game on your brand new 4K. Which team might you be watching this season? I'd be watching uh, Purple and Gold, LSU. All right. They're going to get it done this year? I believe so. You think they're going to beat Alabama? There's nothing saying they aren't going to beat Alabama. They got a better team than they did last year. So All right. I think, uh, I think they're going get to get it again. Hey, Peyton, I'm Peyton. Uh, Logan, let me ask you this. Um, 
besides your dad, who was the most influential person in your upbringing? Yeah, this is an important question, I think. Besides my dad, yeah, a very influential person, that would have to be a huge sports figure. Really? Are um, there anybody you can think of? <sighs> now, this Probably is the second. won championships with. Yeah. I would say uh, Mark Hahn. I'll just throw that out there. Mark Hahn. Wow, you changed your tune over 24 hours. Well, you know, after uh, just being awake, uh, you know, basking in victory, I've uh, done a lot of thinking, and it was Mark Hahn. Finally, it's about time someone speaks the truth on this station. Uh, so congratulations, Logan, on the big win, uh, and uh, obviously congratulations as you start your uh, – your your journey there at South Alabama. What are we what are we majoring in? What are we what are we getting into? Uh, I'm I'm thinking history. You know, uh, now I can become a teacher. How about that? All right. Well, we look forward to being invited to the first watch party, the LSU watch party on uh, on what appears to be Dad's new TV. So you know, the, their first game is that Sunday. Florida State. Mm -hmm. You don't have a Saturday. You have a Sunday. So what's what's the uh, game plan for that? Big big crowd over to in the. You'll be in the recliner. Got the TV screen at yep. your dad's what man cave? Maybe. Yep. 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 Probably so. I would think so. We were at the game last year on that Sunday with that missed extra point, and I don't think there's going to be a uh, repeat of that. I think LSU's going to get the job done. Hey, uh, Logan, we have a caller, uh, a listener in our WNSP app that is offering $700 cash for both of them combined this morning. He will give you $700. Would you consider such a deal? I'll take it. <laughs> wait, wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. The TV alone is worth $700. And the recliner's worth $1,800. Yeah, come on. Now, where's your economic uh, it's thinking? It's a good thing you're not going into no, business, Hike. I'm just uh, channeling my inner Kramer oh, okay. with that. Uh, yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. All right. Hey, uh, congratulations in all seriousness. Uh, best of luck. Congrats on uh, South. And uh, we look forward to seeing you soon. Tell your dad hello. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. All right, that's Logan Hike, ladies and gentlemen, the big winner. Hugh Freeze, uh, when he mentioned that he's starting uh, Peyton Thorne, and then he said he thinks they can win with either or, the other two also, and they would against UMass. It's what happens afterwards. Luckily for Auburn, they get off to what I consider somewhat of an easy schedule until, I guess, what, three games, four games into the season that they really get real competition. So... And it could be experimental. I mean, like I say, we probably will see a couple of quarterbacks in that first game because Auburn, if all things go well, and if they get the running game going, should produce a pretty good win in their first game for Hugh Freeze. Now, if it backfires on them, wow, because that's a game that, you know, they will be favored by a lot of points. So I would certainly agree that he could win with either of those quarterbacks against UMass. It's afterwards. that, And here's the other thing, too. He also in the press conference noted that that he's really s couldn't believe that Auburn has not had a thousand yard receiver in the past, and you know he hasn't been all all complimentary about the receiver so far. So it's one thing to have the quarterback throwing the football, but Mark, it's another thing to have somebody catching it and for those receivers to get space, which is always which has really been a major problem with Auburn receivers over the past couple of years is uh, getting space between them and defenders. Well, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about Hugh Freeze and a number of things he said. Uh, I got the sense that um, he's going to—they're going to be packages. 
there's going to be opportunity for Ashford to get on the field. Uh, he didn't necessarily commit to Thorne for every single game. He said that could change. I think that's probably a little PR move to make sure those other guys have something to work for a little bit. But I love the idea of the more we go through these quarterback battles and these competitions, the more I'm on board with getting somebody named and backing that guy and letting that guy get the reps. So all eyes turn to Tuscaloosa now. It if takes, I'm takes away all the pizzazz out of his press conferences. So what are you going to ask him from here on in? You already got your quarterback. So what's next? Yeah. Uh, all right. So coming up, we got a busy hour number two. John Ricchetti's going to join us. We'll catch up with Alec Naiman, Mike Dettelier on the NFL and the Saints. Uh, and then in hour number three, Jason Caldwell on Auburn. And by the way, only four, according to Hugh Freeze, only four people. He was shocked that the news got out about the starting quarterback. He said in his press conference, only four people knew. And, the and it wasn't the quarterbacks, was I don't think. And you said the coordinators didn't know? I'm pretty sure he said the coordinators didn't know. Again, there's a... Uh, an old adage that was told to me, it's a secret only if one person knows. So there's three others out there that sh- if they knew. But he can close that leak pretty quick. Like he can, he, he, he can't, it doesn't take rocket science to figure that one out. But congratulations, because I think Justin Hokinson was the one that broke it. So uh, kudos to you, sir. All right, again, good to see everybody yesterday at the uh, at the event over there at Heroes. Did we Someone is now two? asking if the if the drawing was rigged. I can because I knew the winner. I can assure you, it was not rigged. I will say this too. Uh, I was not expecting uh, David Rast to put out the food that he did for the celebrity. It was a nice spread. It really was. Yeah. Uh, what was that? See that dip? Was it crab meat or? I didn't get to the dip. Oh, you missed big time. Did I miss? Yeah. Maybe I would have gotten some if you wouldn't have hoarded the whole thing. I saw you carrying a whole platter over to your table. Was that you? Or did I have you confused with somebody else? I think you have me confused <laughs> with somebody else. Anything. Oh, wait a minute. I'm going to go set the record. Anything that was at that table that I, but yeah. my family was paid for. By the way, the biggest star. I mentioned this when we first came on. The big star of the show, of the event, was one Barbara Shervanian. She worked the room. She knew everybody. Everybody knew her. She was the star. She also is the only one who had a credit card in our family. I, <laughs> I got to, I got to uh, Heroes yesterday. I, I couldn't find my wallet. I'm like, and you wanted me to buy drinks for everybody, and I couldn't find my wallet. It was left at home. You think it was on purpose? We can confirm Lee Shervanian sipped alcohol. Yes, I did. Which might be why he's so sippy. Goofy this morning. I still got still here. Still feeling the impact. Still got here plenty of time, though. What a soul. I was not deterred. All right. John Rochetti, he was there yesterday. He's going to join us next. Stay with us. The opening kickoff. Opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. 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 Here are Mark and Lee. 
All right, 704, hour number two here on a Friday edition. Thanks for hanging with us, man. It's uh, it's great to be back in studio here to end the week. Mark and Lee right here on WNSP. You know, and as you pointed out, starting next week, we'll only be in the studio like three days because we'll be on the road at Fairhope on Thursday. And then we'll be going to Baker on Friday for the Dr. Christopher Malenix game days. I'm, I'm thinking... Uh, from a travel standpoint, those are probably the furthest <laughs> points. It's kind of like from any high from one high school to another yeah, that we like, in our coverage. It's area. like the Big Ten, you know. Yeah, Washington to Rutgers, right? That's a great call. We're we're basically the the Big Ten of high school football coverage. I don't know. I don't know if that's something we want to hang our hat on. Well, but. I was reading a uh, a story today about the mileage and and uh, going from Washington to uh, New Brunswick, New Jersey, which is over 2,000, whatever it is. But, um, again, uh, that's not going to happen until 2024, so we really don't have to get too deep into that just yet. Speaking about – I didn't even think we even mentioned yesterday uh, about the uh, billboard that's going up in New York City. Uh, Bo Nix? Yeah, yeah. I, and Shades back when. I remember when I think Joey Harrington was supposed to come to the Senior Bowl. I don't remember if he even played in the game – but they put up Oregon put up this huge billboard of, of uh, Joey Harrington back then, you know, to try to yeah. influence the Heisman voters. So I don't know how many Heisman voters lived in New York that actually saw the billboard, but it, it didn't work. I forgot who won that year, but it wasn't Joey Harrington. All right. Before we get to John Ricchetti, uh headlines, uh, Hugh Freeze press conference yesterday. I will say this. He started out. Uh, and and it was a nice gesture. Uh, Bruce Pearl's father passed away at the age of 88, and Hugh Freeze addressed that uh, before he got into naming uh, Peyton Thorne as his starting quarterback. Yesterday at uh, Heroes, obviously, you know, Mark, you work a room well, but somebody that's right up there in your class is John Ricchetti. When he comes into a room, people just gravitate to him. He's ha- He's got that it factor. And he's on, he's on with us right now with the Miller Lake Golf Report. Johnny, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today? I'm uh, doing good, guys. You guys did an outstanding job yesterday. It was good to see a lot of folks uh, in person yesterday. And uh, always a good time at uh, Heroes, that's for sure. Good time at the BMW yesterday? Well, yeah, you know, they had a two-and-a-half-hour delay, weather delay, rain. Got a, the, the golf course, Olympia Fields, has gotten a lot of rain, and, and the golf course was extremely soft yesterday, and uh, that's why scoring was at a premium. I think back in 20, uh, when John Rahm beat Dustin Johnson in a playoff, I think it was 400 par was the total score. To tell you how difficult that golf course plays when it's firm and fast, but it's Extremely soggy yesterday, super soft conditions. Roy McIlroy, 500 par, round 65 yesterday. Only hit three fairways yesterday, three, and uh, ended up shooting 65 along with uh, reigning open, open champion Brian Harmon, also at 65. Scotty Scheffler at four under, Rom at two under, Ricky Fowler at four under par. So. Uh, this tournament's got the making of uh, some really good uh, big names to be at that leaderboard come Sunday. And all players get, try to get in the coveted top 30 to go into the Tour Championship next week in Atlanta. And also, this is the last week that you can qualify for the Ryder Cup. 
Uh, and then obviously we're going to make Captain Jack Johnson will make his picks uh, after the Tour Championship. So a lot is on the line this week for sure at the BMW Championship. Would golfers prefer to compete in hot, humid weather like we're getting here in Mobile, or do they like the rainy conditions better? Uh, I would say, uh, you know, that's a great question because, you know, they got their caddy with them. They got all the rain gear and so forth, so it's not as big of a nuisance if you're playing golf uh, uh, by yourself and you got to worry about umbrellas and everything else. But it's hot and humid. Uh, you look at the look at the trouble they were ha- having in in Memphis last week uh, at the FedEx. So I have to tend to agree that I think at the end of the day, the golfer would rather play in hot conditions than as opposed to battling rain elements. I'd go with the hot weather. Hey, good seeing you yesterday, John. We really appreciate you coming aboard this morning. Have a great weekend, and we'll do it again on Monday. All right, guys, have a great weekend. That's uh, John Ricchetti, ladies and gentlemen. Well, you guys can jump in at 694-1055. You want to get in on uh, the Auburn quarterback situation. Peyton Thorne is the man. Ball's in your court, Nick Saban. We're waiting to hear from you. Do you think he cares, though? No. You don't think the pressure's no. on him? No. I don't. How think do you he know he doesn't it. know who his number one is, but he's just not going to say it just to spite? Oh, I, I think that's... Uh, I think, like some of our listeners, I, I think Hugh Freeze had a pretty good idea. Uh, I'm talking about Saban. Right. I'm, I'm saying both, No, I think it's – it's in this day and age, they have to string them all along to make them feel like they're in the running, and then you have to stroke some egos after you make it because you don't want them all bailing. You, As a head coach, you've really and – and, and this is probably true on the high school level too. You really have become – a babysitter of sorts because everybody is so damn sensitive now. And in this world of I'm going to play right now, or I'm going to transfer guys are recruiting their rosters as much as they're recruiting the next class. And it's, it's gotta be frustrating to coaches to have to do this. There was a time where you named your starter, you went in, you told the backup, this is how it's going to be. You're one play away. You got to stay motivated. You got to stay home. You got to be ready. And that was enough. Now, if Lee Shervanian is the backup, I got to go into Lee and say, man, please don't leave. We don't want you to leave. And meanwhile, you're packing your bag. I can't imagine Nick Saban pleading with a kid to stay. I mean, I, it may happen. I just Well, can't I say, imagine. but you know what I mean. He's, he's yeah. not on his hands and knees begging no, a kid to not. stay. He's got, but he's, he's putting his best spin on look, it. Let's face it. He's got five quarterbacks there. The, the two uh, incoming freshmen and the three battling for the job. You know that somebody's going to leave eventually. They're just not going to stick around. Of course. And that happened a few years ago. Remember when they had about three or four quarterbacks leave? Barn Was it Barnwell? Uh, I forgot all the names that left. None of them actually panned out anywhere. But I do think one of the reasons they wait as long as they do in addition is I think it limits. And this isn't – I mean, I'm not, I'm not proud to say this. I think some coaches wait a while because if you wait long enough, it limits that quarterback's opportunities to transfer – to a place where he could play immediately, right? So if if they back in spring, if either Freeze or Saban announced a hypothetically, and I know it's it's not a great comparison, but if they announced a winner in the spring, well, you got all summer for to transfer. You wait a couple weeks before the season starts. There ain't a whole lot of options out there. Well, so you kind of not stuck. only that, but I don't. The transfer window is not open now. He's got to wait. Right. 
Right. True. So, but, you, but you understand my point, though. Yeah. It's like the longer you wait, the easier it is to hang on to your guys. And again, you know, I look at it from the other, you know, this thing about the grass always being greener. You know, quarterbacks are eager to jump if they're not playing, but you never know about these quarterbacks getting hurt, injured, or, or so forth. You know, I remember back when Peyton Manning was going to Tennessee. I forgot. There were two veterans ahead of him. Todd Helton was one who became quite a baseball player. I forgot who the starter was. And then there was a fourth quarterback. So the two the two in basically incumbents, the two guys with the um, experience, both got hurt. So that's when Nick Manning got a chance at Tennessee. And then the other guy transferred. Yeah. Instead of sticking around, you know, say maybe I'll get an opportunity here too. So it, it's not – it's not anything that's totally new about transferring. The only thing is it's a lot easier to do now. All right, you guys can, again, jump in. By the way, uh, we've talked about We'll get back to it. Uh, Hugh Freeze clearly is Team Tui on this whole Michael Orr thing. We'll get to that. And who could have possibly leaked the information? There were only four people that knew who the starting quarterback was going to be. Ooh. And what's up with Hugh not wanting anybody to take video at practice? I have no idea. He shut down the assistants. We were supposed to have an assistant on this morning. He shut them down. Now he's paranoid about the video. What next? And he admits that he's probably a little paranoid about it. A but little. he's like, take your pictures. Do not take video. And I'm wondering if it was my organization that took the video. I wonder if AL.com was up oh, there. Oh, I'm sure it was. And somehow he'll include you in this, too. Nah, he doesn't know me from Adam. From he Adam? Does. Yeah. You never heard that saying? Oh, I've I mean, heard it. I didn't know if you meant from Adam Zucker or something like that. No, no. That's that's a random Adam. That's the only one I could think of at the time. Adam West? <laughs> He's not around anymore. Yeah, but you knew him. Were you around when Adam was around? Of course I was. The original Adam, not yeah. Adam West. I wasn't around for the original. So so Eve had a two choices. Right. Adam. Or the apple. Or Shervanian. Oh, that's an easy one. And she's like, give me the apple. No. <laughs> give me the fruit. Take the fruit. It's healthier. <laughs> I agree with that. <laughs> All right, let's get you scoreboard traffic and weather. Oh, there's a wedding on the horizon, people. TMZ never gets this stuff wrong. It's the stuff of legends. What do you Just think? when you thought there was a last dance, there's going to be one more dance. Think Michael Jordan will send his son a gift. Well for the honeymoon he ought to send it what would be just a nasty gift for him to like as a joke to send a pippin <laughs> the rivalry continues no i know what it is the video of him not taking the last shot yeah in that playoff game hey now scoreboard traffic and weather stay with us the opening kickoff rolling along This is Cornelius Bennett, three-time All-American College Football Hall of Fame, and you're listening to WNSP.
All right, boys and girls, 722 here on a Friday edition. It's the opening kickoff. Well, the last couple of weeks, Alec Namath has announced on the air that he again will be giving away his tailgating parties. We'll actually qualify starting September 4th, and every other week we'll get a winner, six in all. Alec, uh, Alec Naiman of Amos Catering, is cheeseburgers on the menu, or are we going to go with something else? Make it anything you want, okay? Listen, it's just about having a good time, and that's what we all about, you know. It, the thing I love about the business is we party all the time, so we don't care how we party. We don't <laughs> care where we party. We just party, you know. And we, you're right. We got football season coming up. Man, we got Labor Day coming up that same weekend of the opening of the season, you know. Of course, it's already back to school, so we, we got to have things that's easy for mama. We got a freezer full of goodies. All kind of casseroles, lasagnas, uh, beef dips and gravy, shepherd's pie, gumbo, crab soup. You know, make it easy on mama while she's working all day and then got to pick the kids up. Holiday season's around the corner, so everybody's already booking us for holidays. So you got to call us about that now. we got to get you on the book. And if you're going to get married or if you're going to have an anniversary or if you're going to have an engagement party, we all about weddings, okay? So we like that kind of stuff. Just call us at 473-3900. Look us up on the web at namerscanning.com. And, of course, give us a like on Facebook because we like that kind of stuff. And, you know, I'm getting excited. They say my Jags are looking pretty good. So I'm going to give you a good Jags if that makes you feel better. It makes us feel really good. Thank you so much, Alex. And, again, we start qualifying September 4th for a Naaman's tailgating party. Sounds good? How about that? So uh, that's uh, usually 20 people or 18 me and Lee. Uh, so Nobody has availed themselves of that. They might have a better chance to win. Ooh. Are you, are you saying the fix could potentially be in? I didn't say it can't be in. <laughs> By the way, if in fact you're right about TMZ, maybe they should book Naaman for their wedding. All right, so guys... The Last Dance has an encore, apparently. We're going to have to add another episode, I think, because Marcus Jordan, Michael Jordan's son, who is 32 years old, is planning. The, the wedding plans are, have started. He and Larsa Pippen, Scotty's ex, who is 49, have been dating for a while. It looks like they're tying the knot. Now, this would be his first, correct? I would assume so, yes. At least her second. At least, yes. So, um, what does what does uh, what does he get him? What, what does what Jordan? does Michael Jordan get the wedding couple as a gift? Also, would you like to be a wedding crasher for this wedding? Oh, how great would that be? Indeed. Did you ever crash a wedding? No, I did. Oh, Vince Vaughn over here. Who'd you, Not you, you, quite as good as his. I We didn't go the extra mile. We we went to, um, I did it to see, it was something about the band. We were looking at, I think that was it. It goes so far back. I think we were going to scrutinize the band and if we were going to hire that band. So we just happened to, you know, walk in. I, I don't remember. Did you grab some crab cakes? I don't think so. No, but you know what? I'm not saying I didn't. I can't. It was just too far back. I know we attended a wedding and we weren't invited, but it had something to do with at least uh, taking a look at the band and if they were going to be the band we wanted for our wedding. 
All right, so somebody asked, so Scotty Pippen and Larsa Pippen have four kids together. Have, All right? Have they have four kids together. So the question is, is there a way that one of those Pippins can somehow marry a Jordan? There's always a way. Because Scotty, I feel, is like one once removed. So we need to have like Scotty. Scotty needs to date or marry like the a Jazz Jordan. Jasmine? Like Jordan's daughter. That's that's her name, Jasmine. That would be like the cruelest of cruel jokes. Like if I'm Pippin, if I want to get back at Jordan or Marcus Jordan, I'm dating Jordan's well, what daughter. What about the. Uh, How old is she? I don't know. How. What about the uh, Pippin who played basketball at Vanderbilt? Yeah. And if he goes to the wedding, could he then hook up with Jasmine? <laughs> who maybe if she's not dating, so I'm not trying to be a social uh, matchmaker. Jasmine is uh, she's 30. Oh. All right, so all right, here we go, people. This is gonna ha- we're gonna make this first happen. Family of basketball. Yeah. Well, the the first dysfunctional family, or the 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 most dysfunctional family in basketball. Hmm. All right. So we'll keep an eye on things. Here's but another thing, too. Does Jordan's first wife get invited to the wedding? Because he's remarried. Right. I would assume so, because Marcus is from the first right. wedding. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so she'll definitely be there. Same table with Michael? Does Scotty be like, put the moves on the first ex-wife, or the first wife, to to just get back at him? Talk, he's, talk he's about your triangle offense. Holy he's, he's moly. He seems to have a grudge against Jordan. You think? Oh, I I know. I yeah. Based on his comments lately, and I think there's something in the, his new book that, uh, he, you know, isn't it funny? Years after all this happens, the same thing with Michael Orr. He gets taken in by the family. They, they treat him like a son, and now he goes to court. And years after their championships, Pitton lashes out at Jordan. Yeah, he didn't like, like all being this time a, after. Yeah, he didn't like being a sidekick. Yeah. Man, That's what somebody my, in the in the uh, in the app suggested that Jordan send Pippin a a Robin mask. Ouch! But you know Jordan could be like sending that mask like once a week or once a month for like the rest of his life. And Jordan also holds grudges. Yeah, he is very ad- adept at that. And he'll blame Scotty for Larsa seeing Marcus. Of course. <sighs> Probably blame Scotty for him turning to baseball. Jordan will go drop 50 tomorrow and just be, and just be like it was all in Pippen. All right, we're going to change gears, talk a little NFL. Mike Dettelier joins us next. Jason Caldwell on Auburn and Hugh Freeze. Jake Coker set for 830. Stay with us. Plenty left. It's the opening kickoff right here on the sports station, WNSP. What's your favorite song 
connected to New Orleans? Would this be up there? Because mm. uh, I was trying to think of a song that could lead into Mike Dettelier that, and maybe Mike has an answer. Mike, good morning. How are you today? Nope, still working. Oh, okay. I, I'll hold off on that then. Is there another song uh, that identifies New Orleans Saints or anything like that? I know the Saints used to have a theme. Uh, how about uh, The Saints Are Coming by Green Day and U2? Okay. Uh, U2 uh, and Green Day performed it uh, the first game back from uh, Katrina. I'll have to keep that in mind. And what next was, I will, I, I will stand by the statement, I will die on this hill, the, the coolest game I've ever been to slash covered was that first game back in against the Falcons. What was your headline? I don't know. I was actually covering it. I don't remember the headline. I wrote the story. So. Uh, but, yeah, that was by far the coolest. We're ready to get Mike to tell you. Yeah, it's been a while, but I'll tell you, we really enjoy having him on to talk Saints and some LSU. Mike, we uh, played, we went with the Fats Domino's song. Is there another song you identify Saints or New Orleans with that would be a better lead-in? I didn't hear it. <laughs> Play it again, Nate. <laughs> Play it again, Sam. All right, we'll try to he missed the, the, the Fats Domino song. We're going back to New Orleans. That was our lead, and I was trying to yeah, come up. Yeah, that, that, that's cool for me. Okay. Man, listen, uh, um, I got to know the fat man before he passed away, and uh, he was a cool dude in life, and, man, I listened to so much of, of his music growing up, so that's awesome. Uh, Mike, uh, do we just go ahead and, and ship the Lombardi over to New Orleans after Derek Carr's first preseason game? It looked like the writing's on the wall. Well, you know, uh, I learned long ago, uh, <laughs> preseason's the biggest mirage in sports. <laughs> uh, yeah. you, you're looking at individual players. You're not looking at a team. But, uh, you know, listen, the, their first team units, I, I thought, played pretty well uh, against the Chiefs. Uh, their second teams didn't play very well against the Chiefs. So, yeah, you take the good and the bad with it, but... <laughs> Man, if anybody puts anything in preseason, you kidding yourself. Absolutely kidding yourself. It is a mirage. What do you like about the Saints team, though? And let's face it, that NFC South is not exactly loaded. Yeah, I think you've upgraded certainly at quarterback with Derek Carr. There, there's no question about it. That's not even a debate. Uh, you watch this in practice. Uh, uh, you can see his demeanor. How he handles the team, his uh, work skills, uh, how much he tries to improve every day. So you improve there. I like what they've done at tight end. And you can see this is going to be a team that is going to feature the tight end quite a bit. Uh, with the development of Jawan Johnson, uh, who's a former wideout turned tight end, the addition of Foster Morrow, the former LSU tight end and Raider tight end. Jimmy Graham still got something left in the tank. Yeah. Um, you know, for at least a year. Yeah, first time I saw him, you know, and we talking, I told me, you know, he looked like a tall receiver. I mean, you know, he's so skinny today. Uh, he, he's really lost a lot of weight. And, um, and what they'll do with Taysom, you know, in that hybrid spot, so I like what I see at the tight end position and also the development of Chris Olave at wideout. I thought last year Chris as a rookie was a good to very good player. He's better than that this year. He's physically gotten stronger, 
and you can see he's always a skilled route runner, but he's become better in going up making a contested catch. Has anything happened out? I believe the Saints have been scrimmaging the Chargers, who they play Saturday, I think, or is it Friday? But has anything happened during those scrimmages that you're aware of? Well, they they play Sunday um, afternoon late. All right. And so it'll be interesting the weather situation um, in LA with that. But you know, uh, their offense did really well against the Chargers' defense. But the biggest question mark I have on this team, they struggled with, and that was pass protection yesterday. Uh, the biggest question mark I have with the Saints is the same one I had a year ago, offensive line play. You've invested all these first-round pick players, paid a t- ton of money to people, and it's disappointing. Other than Ramchak at right tackle and Eric McCoy, none of them have played up to the billing. Andrew Speets always hurt. Cesar Ruiz is nothing more than an average player in this league at guard. And Trevor Penning is a developmental guy. Okay, I know he can run block well. I'm not sure how well he can pass protect. And then he misses so much time uh, because he's had multiple foot injuries. So, you know, you got James Hurst, who's a a bit of a journeyman player, but a solid guy. And then, bang, you signed Trey uh, Turner, a former LSU player who's played in the NFL. He's out for the season. Uh, so, and you got injuries, and it's the most injured spot on the team, a tackle guard center. Uh, it's a major question mark for me, major. And it, But I will say this. It's the best group of cornerbacks on defense I've ever seen in a Saints uniform. And I've watched them since I was a kid when they started. It is the best when you have Lattimore, uh, Paulson Adebo, Alante Taylor. Man, those guys are really, really good. And they're the strength of that defense. You know, Mike, that that's very reassuring because you're talking to a guy that still has night terrors from the night Robert Massey got mutilated on national television by Flipper Anderson. Yeah, uh, Flipper's still running with the ball, uh, <laughs> you know, on that deal. But, you know, the cornerback group is, is really good. And even the backup guys uh, are, are solid players in this league. But for those top three, they're, they're really, really good. Question marks I have on defense is how quickly will the interior defensive line come around? And we saw it late in the training camp before they went to L.A., uh, well, Costa Mesa. And even yesterday, uh, people like Malcolm Shepard, uh, Malcolm Roach, Nathan Shepard, uh, they were getting a good push. And so that, that's encouraging because it's retooled, that defensive tackle. Question mark is, who takes Caden Ellis' place as the pass rush specialist? And he's doing a great job in Atlanta, but who's going to be that guy here uh, with the Saints? Uh, at that outside linebacker position. So tell me this. If the Saints don't win the NFC South, who will of the three remaining teams? You like Atlanta? I like Atlanta. I can't tell you anything about Desmond Ritter, okay, Uh, definitively. But, boy, they got a running attack that is going to be lethal. Uh, B. John Robinson is the real McCoy. 
they can keep Kyle Pitts uh, healthy at tight end. I think their offensive line, their starting five is pretty good. Defensively, uh, they got to get some pressure. You know, over the last 10 years, they have not had a team register 40 or more sacks for the Falcons. <clears throat> and we're not talking about big numbers here to get to 40. They haven't had one year to get to 40. So that's why Ryan Nielsen's there. And, but I think their sort of keep-away mentality, their physicality, they've certainly taken away a number of guys that were on the Saints team, like a David Onyemata and Cade Nellis to get them better, Calais Campbell uh, coming in from the Ravens. Uh, I think they're the team to watch. <laughs> Big question mark is, how good will Desmond Ritter be? We're talking with Mike Dettelier, pre-post game for the Saints, M&D Draft Report. Mike, what do you think has a better chance of happening, LSU getting back to the SEC championship game or the Saints getting into the postseason? I think the Saints get into the postseason. I think if you don't get in there this year with that schedule and who you have to line up against, man, it's going to be difficult. So I think the Saints will, will be a 10-win team that win the NFC South and get in. LSU, offensively, they are loaded. I mean, they are a really good football team. Uh, defensively, I didn't think I'd ever say this. I live long enough to do it because I've covered LSU now for 36 years. The biggest weakness they have is that quarterback. That DBU stuff, <laughs> that's, that's in the past. Um, there's a lot of uncertainty at cornerback. And I know who you play game one. Man, if I'm Jordan Travis, I come off the team bus throwing the football against LSU. But uh, LSU's front seven's pretty good. But, man, that cornerback, that's a work in progress uh, for the Tigers. We talk about preseason just being about individuals, and you're right. Do you think there's any chance at all that that place kicker – Groupie or group could beat out Lutz. I don't think he beats out Lutz, but I told him the other day, there's not 31 better kickers in the NFL than him. Because he told me he's 157 pounds. I said, oh, dude, I hope I never get on that scale. There's no way he's 157 pounds. <laughs> I think his second number is more of a four. Um, and I know his dad, and he was an all-state uh, soccer player in Missouri. And he, you know, and he had scholarships to to kick, uh, to be a soccer kicker. But he went to Arkansas State, put up nice numbers there. I'm telling you, we've seen in practice him pop 57, 58 yard field goals, and and he's no more than 150 pounds soaking wet. But he he can kick in this league. I, I, he won't beat out Lutz, but he can kick in this league. So do they keep him on the roster? Does he stick around, or they just let him go, and he winds up somewhere else maybe? I think he maybe ends up like what happens with Lutz. You know, Lutz was in Baltimore, and he wasn't beating out that guy because <laughs> he was the, he's the greatest field goal kicker I've ever seen in my time covering the NFL. And, you know, he got cut loose, but Jim Harbaugh, uh, John Harbaugh had a good relationship with Sean Payton. And he called Sean, are you looking for a kicker? I got one, and Will Lutz. And I, I wouldn't be surprised 
Dennis Allen sort of does the same thing. Listen, I got a kicker here. I can't keep him on my 53-man squad, but I know he can kick in the league, and uh, he, he gets a shot to kick. But he's maybe five foot six and a half, and he's maybe 150 pounds. But boy, he's got a whip at that leg that he can kick it. And he's very consistent uh, with his field goals inside 40 yards. So, And he's got ice water in his veins. You know, and he, he told us on uh, Monday, I, I wanted to go out there and kick it. I was, I was glad they gave me that opportunity. I wanted to show him I could handle that. Um, kicks with a lot of confidence for a little man, but uh, he'll get a chance to play somewhere in the NFL. Uh, it just won't be with the Saints. Mike, been too long, man. We always appreciate you jumping aboard. Tell everybody how they can follow your coverage of all things Saints and LSU, for that matter. Uh, you can go to WWL.com. We have a bunch of stuff on there covering both LSU and the Saints. SaintsReport.com and also SportsIllustrated.com. Uh, hey, uh, great co- talking to you again. Have a great weekend, and we'll catch up soon. All right, guys. Y'all take care. Yep. Thank you. Mike Dettelier, ladies and gentlemen. All right, we come back. You guys can jump in, 694-1055. We'll kind of reset for you. Um, Hugh Freeze had some comments about the Tuies and, and Michael Orr situation. Uh, we had a winner yesterday for the mini man cave. There's a wedding brewing of epic proportions. A lot of stuff going on, Lee. And, oh, by the way, ball's in your court, Crimson Tide. Auburn named a quarterback. What you waiting on? Let's go. What are you going to find out that you don't already know at this point? Right, Lee? I agree. Let's get it done by Monday. You know what's going to happen. They have a scrimmage on Saturday. They have a scrimmage on Saturday. So Nick comes back after the scrimmage and announces who's the number one. All right. You heard it right there from uh, Trevanian's lips to God's ears. Here we go. Wrapping up hour number two next. Stay with us. This is Brad Nessler, and you're listening to WNSP 105.5 in Mobile. Sean Lee and Tui did something that probably most families, a lot of us talk about doing things. Um, They actually put the shoes on and pulled the boots up and got in the arena and, and did something, and I think that's admirable. There you go. Speak up. Well, the mic wasn't quite yet on. That's all good. By um, the way, Hugh Freeze is listed here. Got it right here. First and 10 club. He's coming to Mobile to talk Monday, October 2nd. They have four meetings. Kane Womack this Monday. Remember Jim Donnan? Sure. He's coming in on the f- 11th of September. Hugh Freeze. I can't remember the last time the Auburn head football coach came down here to speak first in 10 club. And then on the 23rd of October, Derek Dooley, who's now on Nick Saban's staff. Uh, So that you heard from uh, Hugh Freeze yesterday. He was finally asked about the Michael Orr uh, Tui situation. He seems like other than Sean and Leanne Tui and and Michael Orr and maybe old SJ, because he was such a vital part of the movie. He was really the only person you wanted to hear from on on this topic other than those main characters. All right, Mr. Moviegoer. 
All right. Should they do a sequel? No. No. You don't think somebody out there will? I mean, Netflix might do a documentary. A a follow-up? Sure. I think so. All right, let's take a phone call. Boy, Netflix is full of documentaries these days. The the Florida Gators one's next week. I'm pumped. All right, we got a phone call? Let's take a phone call. Welcome to WNSP. Who are we talking to? Hey, it's Chuck. Hey, man. Where were you yesterday, Chuck? Had a previous engagement. Uh, Sorry, couldn't. Uh, it was very important. I'm, so. I'm not mad. I'm just but, saying we're disappointed in you, Chuck. It, you know, I, I'm sorry. I, yeah, yeah. I had uh, something very important, but uh, fair enough. Anyway, how about this? Uh, two. When when Patello comes on, here's two possible alternative songs. Nothing wrong with Pat Stana. Right. Uh, Lu- Louisiana's LaRue, New Orleans Ladies. Okay, yeah, that's a good one. Absolutely, and here's a, here's the cream de resistance, uh, Poco in the Heart of the Night. I can't say I'm familiar with that one, but one out of two is not bad. Well, it's 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 the one that's got the phrase uh, in the heart of the night down in New Orleans, mentions Lake Pontchartrain. Okay. Uh, it, it's 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 awesome. It's worth it's worth a spin. Okay. Oh, okay. DJ Jazzy Chuck right. over there, got it. Thank <laughs> you, man. All right, guys. Have a good one. Uh, someone said Brian Harson came in two weeks before he got fired for the QB club there. Um, did he? That's yeah. right. He did come here. I'm, uh, good memory. Very good memory. Nice yeah, job, caller. Here. Listener. Yep. I've corrected Lee Shervanian. Wink, wink. It's not the first time. It won't be the last. <laughs> All I said was I couldn't remember the last time. <laughs> see? That's why I didn't say we didn't have him. Hmm. Uh, people are wanting to know if I got any, uh, any, any good dirt on, uh, I couldn't get Miss Barbara to commit to come on to the opening kickoff. We tried to get her on the show live from Heroes. She's a tough cookie to crack, but she was definitely the life of the party. I will give you that. She had her own group there. They, they run wild. <laughs> Lee sipped a little alcoholic beverage. I was still able to find my car though. He was. They had to. He had to. There was a breathalyzer on hand to make sure that he could handle it. So uh, yeah, fun was had by all, and I want to thank everybody who came out. It was. It was indeed a. Uh, a that lot of may fun. have been the longest I've ever stayed for a. Uh, and it was packed. Ball party. Yeah, that we was. had a lot of, lot of, lot of folks. Uh, Dave Morris, QB Country, Sherman Williams, Robert Brazil, Richard Richie Riley, Braylon McReynolds, and a couple of South Alabama football players. John uh, Ricchetti. John Ricchetti was there. Um, I'm forgetting somebody. Oh, Barry Dunning Jr. showed up. How Did about you mention that? Robert Brazil? Did you? Yeah, Robert, Robert Brazil was there. All right. Yeah, it was a good time. So uh, we want to thank everybody who showed up, and we'll have to do it again. I spent a lot of time with Robert. We're going to get him. Well, I hope when we go to Viger that he'll come by. And this year, the Tennessee Titans, in case we haven't really – we're not going to talk much about it now, but when we get closer, they're bringing back the light blue uniforms that the Houston Oilers used to wear. And I think, yeah, am I? I don't really get that turned on by uniforms, but I'm just saying (laughs) for Robert, it's a big deal. Throwback when he played for the Houston Oilers, the franchise moved to Tennessee, which I think had a lot to do with keeping him out of the Hall of Fame immediately because people lose track of uh, who played for the Oilers. But he's excited about it, and I think he's going to be attending the game in which they bring back the the old uh, Euler uniforms. All right. So uh, you guys can jump in on uh, that. 
You can jump in on Auburn getting their uh, getting their starter named. Interesting that he did do it. See, here's my question: Would he have done it today had the report not leaked, or would he have waited for this after this weekend? Probably would have waited after this weekend. Probably just a guess. And when you mentioned about him being asked about the twoies, he did not have a press conference until yesterday. Right. And that's that's the reason that nobody was able to really ask him because he was unavailable. They had the coordinators and some of the assistant coaches earlier this week, but this is the first time the media had a chance. And if you remember, we asked some of the Auburn uh, reporters if that question would come up. And for those who don't know that Hugh Freeze did coach or at Briarwood, that school that he went to up in Memphis – and was close to the Tui family, so he was kind of like in the dividing line there. And obviously, he, you know, there's partiality towards the Tuies, but he certainly wasn't going to knock Michael Orr either. Yeah, but it was pretty clear he was Team Tui with his comments. I thought. Well, you read into it deeper than I did. I didn't. He didn't cross the line. He was. I think he he just walked the line. He did say nice things about the Tuies because of his friendship, but he also said, I have a, a friendship with Michael Orr, too. I don't know if he coached him the whole time up there. Didn't he, did not he leave prior to Orr graduating from— Yeah, I don't, I don't really know I don't the think timeline. he stayed the whole time. He went—and he went, and for those who—we used it as a trivia question years ago. Hugh Freeze, when he started at that school, was not a head football coach. He was coaching the women's basketball team. Mm-hmm. Good times. All right, so how do you guys feel about Peyton Thorne? For you Auburn fans, you figured this was going to be the way you, you figured this was going to be the way it, it shook out, or are you surprised by this? I do think Ashford gets on the field uh, in some capacity. They're going to bring. He's just too athletic not to get on the field, even if he brings in some sort of packages or whatever. I don't. I don't know if the the, the designation of starter changes it all this season. But I can't imagine he's not on the field. All right, let me throw this up, and you can swat it anywhere you want. All right. Peyton Thorne had a really good year for Michigan State. 2021, they won 11 games. Uh, maybe tailed off a little bit. So here he is, a veteran who has started many, many games at Michigan State, and he's getting into a competition with sophomore Noah Kim. Well, you would think Thorne would have been the incumbent and would have a little bit of advantage. Why is he the one to leave? That was there something there that I didn't read into why he decided to transfer? I mean, he pretty much I'm not saying he would have, you know, I don't know that what Mel Tucker was thinking up there, but was Kim that much better at, even though he hadn't started games and Thorne an incumbent two year starter? Do you just throw him to the wolves and bench him? I'm just curious why he decided to leave and, and hopefully it works out real well for Auburn. Um, I know Thorne uh, said the pros, and I'm, 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 it was a direct quote, the pros and cons of staying versus transferring to Auburn weren't close, and that's what brought me to Auburn. So it was a no-brainer for Thorne at that point to here's go. The, yeah, here's the other thing, too. And again, you know, we're not – this is not really part of the story – my understanding was that Auburn wanted that quarterback from Coastal Carolina, but something happened academically that they couldn't get him in. So he has returned to Coastal Carolina, which seems like his, what, fourth or fifth year now. That's who they wanted. He was the former player of the year in the Sun Belt. So Peyton Thorne then became the next alternative. 
So Peyton Thorne did say there was a series of events, like five, like there were a series of events that led to his transferring, and he hasn't really gone into in great detail, I think, what those things were. But uh, it was a no-brainer for him to switch. And it, it looked like it worked out. Not sure I'm ready to say the same thing for Mr. Tyler Buckner, though. Uh, hour number three, uh, Jason Caldwell. We'll talk some Auburn. And Jake Coker set to join us at 8.30. One final hour of the week. It's the opening kickoff right here on the sports station, WNSP. is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. Eight oh four. Welcome back in. The opening kickoff continues. One final hour of the week. How about that, Lee Trevanian? One hour before the whole weekend. This is uh, <laughs> the whole week. The whole weekend. Yeah. This is actually our final Friday in studio, Mark, for until November. Think about that. Yeah. We're going to be out on the road every Friday between. Well, starting next week, we'll be coming to a school. At your choice. How about that? High school game day. We're gassing up Air Sports 1 not once but twice. And here's another little tidbit. We're only 20 minutes away from T. Marcus's debut on WNSP. Uh, he, he is going to ask the Chick-fil-A question today. T. Marcus today. is? Yes. Uh-oh. That's a big responsibility. One that Lee does not share lightly. No, I don't. He's and very protective I, of his trivia questions and his in, in the Chick-fil-A cars. And the Murphy alum, I, I hope he's not too nervous about this because apparently he's going to be doing some play-by-play for us. But this is his start, Mark. We're giving him his debut. Look, I, I'm, I don't I, – you he might have bitten off morning, too, because right now he can't <laughs> seem to dial the phone. So I'm not sure if he's ready to do the do the trivia here. So we don't have Jason the No, we're, we're still efforting. Uh, Jake Coker apparently is going to join us Hopefully. later to get the phones working yeah. over there. Do you think Tamarcus is doing this on purpose so yes. we can get some airtime? Yes, yes. I think uh, I think Tamarcus was absent from Murphy the day they taught how to how to dial the phone. <laughs> oh, we got him now. All right, our superstar over there got the phone to work. All right, let's get up to uh, the planes right now. Jason Caldwell, twenty four seven. Good morning, Jason. How are you today? I'm doing good. How about y'all? Wonderful. Uh, were you surprised that Hugh Freeze let it out of the bag who the starting quarterback was going to be yesterday? No, no, I'm not. I mean, once you know, then once you tell those guys and make that decision, um, then it, it's going to get out pretty quickly. Then, and friends, and, and so then it becomes it becomes out there fairly quickly. So no, I'm not surprised once the decision was made that that the announcement was made pretty quickly after. I might even ask you, were you even surprised that it was uh, Peyton Thorne, being that he was the transfer from Michigan State? Is that who you expected to be the starting quarterback against UMass? I did, yeah. I mean, I thought that it was you know, a big competition. I thought Robbie Ashford would push. Colton Garner stepped up some. But in the end, I thought, you know, you bring in Peyton Thorne um, from Michigan State, you know, 26 starts. He's played a whole bunch of football, um, three-year guy. That that's why you bring a guy in like that is to compete and to to try to win the job. And so I, I thought he would be 
a good fit for what they wanted to do on offense. Um, and I think you know now you've given you've given him enough time to to really start to get in sync with these guys. You know, with that first team. I, I know, uh, Jason. Thanks for jumping on with us. I know it's been a busy week. Uh, Hugh had made mention of Ashford and his athleticism, and he was asked about packages. Kind of left the door open that, you know, obviously this may not be a permanent thing. How much of that do you think is legit and genuine? How much of that is just trying to keep those other guys uh, happy with telling them what they kind of want to hear? Yeah, you know, he he said if, if Robbie Ashford handles it the right way and does the right things, that, that they're gonna, he's going to be used. And yeah. I'm, I 100% believe that's going to happen. Um, he's too dynamic to, to not have involved in some form or fashion. And so... I think he's going to have some things he's doing during the game, and I don't think it's just going to be a specialized play here or there. Um, and so, um, yeah, but I, but I think it all depends on, you know, how how he continues to work and how he continues to progress and and kind of carve out a role for himself. Jason, we were uh, throwing this around before you came aboard. Do you know why Peyton Thorne left Michigan State? I mean, he was the incumbent. He was the starter. He was competing, I guess, against the sophomore. But do you know what behind the scenes led him to transfer and, and wind up at Auburn? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Um, there was obviously something there because there was he wasn't the only one. Um, you know, had had a starting wide receiver and one of the top wide receivers in the Big Ten that transferred to Florida State. Had a couple of DBs leave, and so there were there were players and other players that left too. So um, we haven't talked to him. And you know, I, I don't know how to even speculate that, but obviously there were some issues going on because he wasn't the only guy that left. Jason, who was the uh, who was the media entity that was recording or taking video at practice? Were you the offender? Oh, everybody took video. <laughs> at practice. I don't know. We now we we only had a couple of plays of of a certain period. Yeah, but it was in, you know, this was when this was in an open window um but i think there were some changes to their schedule and it didn't get it didn't get transferred to us or whatever so um yeah we had a couple plays we immediately once we heard there was an issue took those things out but yeah it wasn't it wasn't like somebody was secretly videoing things yeah it just happened to to be in a period that um, i think got changed and and it was still an open window for for viewing so it was just kind of a mix-up Jason Caldwell covers the Auburn Tigers for many years now, 24-7. All right, scrimmage tomorrow. Now you know who the number one quarterback is. Where's the interest lie? What are you looking at for tomorrow? Yeah, um, I think just consistency. Start to, to, to get these guys together in a scrimmage-type situation, and, and this will probably be me. You know, we got to see our, almost the entire practice yesterday. We were out there. It's the most practice I've watched in more than a decade. Um at Auburn, and so we got to see a good bit, and there's a lot of 11 on 11, but I think now you're working on communication, um, communication with the coaches, players on the field. You'll probably you know, bring the headsets in and, and, and do some of those things just to try to make sure that all the communication's on point, but then you're looking for communication on the field. Quarterbacks and wide receivers is probably job number one. Uh, you got Now you've settled in on your starter. You work in that group of guys at wide receiver, you know, start to get those guys on the same page, and this RPO system is, is big. And so that's one. And then just kind of maybe 
finding some guys to rise to the top on that defensive line, that defensive front, um, and, and seeing what your rotations don't look like. That's probably the biggest thing. So Hugh Freeze during the press conference said he couldn't believe that Auburn hasn't had a 1,000-yard pass receiver in quite some time. If you had to pick somebody who could eclipse 1,000 yards, who would that be? Yeah, um, maybe Shane Hooks. Um, the Jackson State transfer would be a guy. I don't know that Auburn's going to have one of those guys on this team because there's so many players involved that they get, they're going to have a lot of options. Um, he would probably be the guy. Quite honestly, I think the leading receiver may wind up being Rivaldo Fairweather, the tight end transfer from Florida International. He He's going to be really involved and, and, and going to do a lot of things. And so um, I think they're going to spread it out some. So I, I don't know that that ends this season. Um, but I would say probably Shane Hooks in terms of maybe yardage might be a guy that, that, that might have a chance to do that because I think he's going to get a lot of targets. I, I know the Auburn passing attack over the past few years has been under criticism, under fire. The games that I watched, uh, it, it seemed to me the receivers were not getting separation, which made it tougher for the quarterbacks. How did you see it? Well, it, uh, it was a system thing to me. I mean, I think they've had some talented guys, but when you're you're running and you're, the only time you're throwing the ball is on third down, that makes it hard. That makes it hard to get separation when it's third long. And they were in a lot of third long situations over the past three or four years. And so, uh, to me, that's a lot of it. Um, and, and so then that and then it comes to scheme. The last two years, you're basically trying to run a, a, you know, a, a 1998 NFL scheme where you're under center and you're trying to run and play action. Um, separation comes when you're able to run the football and then the defense has to guess what you're doing. If, it's, if you're facing second long, third long all day, it's hard for anybody to get separation then, and, and that's why it's important to stay ahead of the chains. So I got to ask you because you guys got a chance to ask Hugh Freeze about this Michael Orr thing, which has just dominated airways for a while now. I felt like Hugh clearly was being careful, but I I felt like he was squarely Team Tui on this. What what, what I'm asking you to speculate a little bit. What would you get from that? Yeah, um, nothing. And honestly, I, it it might have dominated airways there. It's not even on the radar. I I, I could care less. And so. Um, I, I don't know. I'm not, yeah, I don't know speculation. All I know is what he said, and that's all I can go on. And uh, he's he obviously has relationships with both parties, and so it's it's in a, in a situation where no matter what he says, it's going to come across as favoring one side or the other. And I thought he just kind of said, "Hey, here's where I am." Hey, we appreciate you jumping aboard. Tell everybody how they can follow your coverage of Auburn football as they get ready for another scrimmage. Yeah, you can check us out at, at AuburnUndercover.com, and they can also follow me on Twitter at ITATJ. Thanks for the time. Have a great week. Thanks, guys. Yep. Jason Caldwell. So you were right, Auburn Undercover. <laughs> All right. Can't keep track of this. Uh, scoreboard traffic and weather. What happened to Inside Auburn Tiger Magazine? I guess Does you can ask. Exist? I guess you can give him a call and ask him. I would, but he never returns my call well apparently he is he was on the air with us texting uh, well shoot him a text you got an iphone knock it out we got a debut coming up next after the scoreboard oh t marcus t marcus is gonna i don't know man have you, you know. mastered the phone have you you good i feel like we're throwing a lot at you but we're gonna give it a shot i will tell you that i had not intended to give away a chick-fil-a but t marcus 
All right. Inspired me. All right. I mean, Nathan's been with us a while. He's never been given that opportunity. It's basically like Tamarkin has been named starter. Now you got to go over there and, and, and make sure you got to stroke his ego over there so he doesn't transfer. Oh, yeah. And Jake Coker's going to join us at 830. Stay with us. Plenty left. It's the opening kickoff. Chick-fil-A. I could eat there seven times a day. Where the people laugh and children play. Oh, I'm in love with Chick-fil-A. All right, 822, time for a little fried deliciousness here on WNSP. You know, when I was growing up and I'd watch the Ed Sullivan show and it was always a big deal that he was going to inspire new talent to come on the air and he was going to, you know, bring along people that, pe you know, performers who were new and give them their opportunity. Well, we're going to do the same thing right now for the Chick-fil-A. I really did not have any intention of giving away a Chick-fil-A today. In fact, right. I was going to probably hoard it for myself. But I got uh, basically slapped in the face by Tim Marcus, who is right now on the board here. He's a South Alabama grad, a Murphy grad. He's newcomer, and he's on the staff. Tim Marcus, I'm going to give you the opportunity to be the first person since me <laughs> to identify <laughs> the only person since me to give out a Chick-fil-A question. Can you handle this? Of course. I'm ready to rock and roll. All right. Wow us. All right. Trivia question of the day. All right. Who's the last non-Power non, non 5 school to win the College World Series? To win the College World Series. Yes, so we're, we're going baseball. Yes, yes. No sir. wonder why he's letting you do the trivia question. Yeah, he loves baseball. Yeah, you, you've noticed that. It didn't yeah, take you long yeah. to pick that up. Not at all. Okay. All right. So if you know the answer, then you need to call 694-1055. And uh, you can you can ask trivia questions as long as you continue to slap Lee in the face. I'm perfectly good with that. So uh, he's working on that. Say hello to T. Marcus. Uh, he, he'll be a, a valuable member of our staff. So you get a chance to talk to him and give him the answer and win a Chick-fil-A. What more do you want? So it's a non-Power 5. Yeah, that means no LSU. I don't know how difficult no it was SEC because school. we got people answering in the app knowing they're not eligible because you got to call. Right. But... They seem to be on point. I'm just saying. So if you know the answer, you can jump in. Jake Coker's going to join us at 830. Um, uh, Jason Caldwell didn't seem to care for the uh, question on Michael the, Orr. The, the Michael Orr question. <laughs> <laughs> See, when he answered, I thought he was paraphrasing Hugh Freeze. Yeah. And then I realized it was Jason who said, I don't care. Yeah. That's like a hot story. That's a hot take. I mean, everybody right down to Sandra Bullock is. is well, she hasn't mentioned it. yet. Has she? Has she? She hadn't come out and said anything, has she? Kinda. I did. I thought I read something where she she was very disappointed, and one reason she, I, I don't know if it was her or the the actor who you brought up. I forgot his name that played Michael Orr. Yeah. Said that people may now Quentin Aaron yeah. look at this movie in a different light. Yeah, because, she hasn't said anything. Okay, well, there was always everything was well. She's in mourning, also. In fairness to her, she lost a loved one recently, and really sad. So, I mean, this was a, a feel-good movie. Okay, now according to what I've read, it wasn't like they found him on the streets walking, uh, and that apparently he was already enrolled at the the school, but they just came in uh, at a later time. The Tui family. 
and brought him into the household and and basically even though they didn't officially adopt him they they did bring him into the family as a member of the family and treated him as such and took him off the streets because he bounced around from basically bed to bed house to house or apartment to apartment and gave him that opportunity and that seems to be the gist now was was this kind of all hollywood or did this really happen and you know, Michael War hasn't helped the situation by filing the petition in a probate court. I mean, we're all anxious to see what's going to happen to this. But a lot of what he has said has been refuted now. As far as the money that came out of the movie and the book, uh, people are coming to the defense of the Tuies more so than Michael War. And the other thing that's kind of incriminating is the fact that th- this is not the first time he's tried to do this. This is like several times and lawyers got involved and said wait a second there's no evidence here well, i'm not getting involved in this case do we get a winner over there do we have a winner who's the winner get tell us the winner to marcus go ahead josie jordan wow we got a first and a last name nice yeah we usually don't do that so no. he goes to extra I mean, mile he really he's he's versatile first clearly. caller not only can he not only can he answer and dial out now dude can answer get trivia questions answered and gives us full names T. Marcus, did they, was that on the first call that they got it? Literally the first call, like within the. Oh, right, so you know so. what that means? Too Next, easy. I, I don't. That mean, basically means it wasn't hard enough. No, but but we can we can uh, we can slant that. We can change that narrative. It's not that it was easy on purpose. We're giving company. It's Friday. Yeah, it's definitely. we don't yeah, want to work. Yeah. The definitely. answer was. Coastal Carolina. Now, what was the other question? Uh, uh, T. Marcus got a little more difficult with me. He started throwing questions at me. Now, I already have. Put you on the hot seat. Yeah, well, I already have these. I don't, I don't, and I can keep them if I want, but I'm not going to. I'm going to give them away. All right, Ebenezer. T. T. Marcus, what was the question you asked me that I didn't get? What conference uh, did they play in the year they won the college? That's right. I didn't get that. I thought, I said, I thought Sunbelt. Nah, it was the Big South. The next year they went to the Sunbelt Conference, so. Yep. All right, I got to give it back. Sorry, I lose. I'm a loser. Well, don't be, don't don't be hard on yourself. Let us be hard on you. You don't have to be that I, hard on yourself. It's better to beat beat you to the punch. Well, you're learning. So you don't kick sand in my face again. No, no, no. I wouldn't do that to sand. <laughs> <laughs> Afraid you might dirty it up. All T- right. T. Marcus, did you play sports at Murphy? Yes, I actually did. I played tennis at Murphy. Really? Yes. How'd you yep. do? Um, were you like one, two, three um, when you went out there? Like, were you the number one or two or three or four? Um, my junior and senior year, I was the number one. Um, got blessed with an opportunity to play at the collegiate level. So, yeah, I think I did all right. Ah. Yeah. All right. So, when we get to the U.S. Open, you're the guy to talk to about it? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, you can bring me on and talk about tennis. Yeah. I have a great knowledge about this. Good, because we talk a lot about it. So uh, that's yeah, me being Mark sarcastic, is not by a, the way. Yeah, Mark's not exactly up on tennis. Can we take a break, please? The, mu- <laughs> the, the music is, is – we're going to a hard break here, people. Don't want to leave Lee's 67th guest of the day waiting. Jake Coker's next.
32. Welcome back in. The opening kickoff continues, Mark and Lee, right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com. All right, it's time to bring in Jay Coker, former Alabama quarterback, national championship quarterback, former quarterback at St. Paul's, and a good friend to WNSP. Jake, welcome aboard. How you doing, my friend? Guys, how y'all doing? Pretty good. Well, Auburn names their starting quarterback. I wanted to ask you, and I doubt they have, but if any of the Alabama quarterbacks wanted advice from you on how to handle the situation there because you had to compete for a starting job, what would you tell them? Uh, you know, I, I, I think the best way to approach it is, is uh, you know, it's pretty simple. Just you know, try to be the best teammate you can and, and enjoy the practices with your teammates and just focus on one play at a time. Uh, you know, I think a lot of guys get, get too caught up and, and uh, you know, making too much of every rep instead of just following their keys and doing what they're supposed to do and, and just trying to be a leader on the field. You know, I think too much uh, emphasis is put on that competition rather than just getting it done on the field, doing your job. Um, and, and I'm not saying, you know, not by the coaching staff. It's more so, you know, I think a lot of guys – to hear outside noise and they just can't help themselves but think about the pressures of that that competition so uh you know i know when i was playing it was uh i was able to have a lot more fun when i knew i was the guy and, and uh and i didn't have to to worry about uh being pulled at any point in the game and uh, it really provides a lot of it's a big stress reliever to be that guy and, and know that that's that's the case. But your first year, though, you had to compete, and you really what sat behind Blake Sims. Am I correct on that? Yeah. Yeah. So. Yep, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not trying to conjure up any bad memories or anything, but I mean, you were in competition, and then in that second year, I believe you were competing against a number of quarterbacks. Was Nick Saban? who is generally regarded as, you know, more interested in the defense, defensive backs, but is he tough on the quarterbacks in practice? Well, yeah, I mean, he's, you know, nobody gets a pass at practice. Uh, it's, <clears throat> you know, if you're not, if you're out there and you're not having a, you know, if you're not on the ball, not, not focused, getting what you're supposed to be getting done, uh, he's going to let everybody have it. So there's, Again, nobody gets a free pass in practice with uh, Coach Saban around, that's for sure. All right, so, Jake, not sure how much you're following or how much of uh, Saban's comments uh, you've heard up until this point, but from what you have heard, what do you discern from all of that? Like, what? read between the lines there. You you speak Sabanese. What's he saying? Jake, you still with us? All right, well, let's see. Can you hear us, Jake? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Are you just you just thinking of an answer, or are you just ignoring my question? or? No, I mean, it, uh, music just piped in on my side. <laughs> man, <laughs> man. I'm wondering what's going on over here. <laughs> yeah, well, man, man, that never happens when we have AJ on. I'm just saying. <laughs> Am I, am I, is this live still? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, let me repeat uh, for the one person that needs to hear it. But, uh, all right, so you speak Sabanese. You've, uh, from what you've heard from Nick Saban in press conferences about 
this quarterback competition. Read between the lines. What can you discern from that? What translate for us? What's he saying? Uh, I mean, honestly, I haven't been following it too much from, from what I hear. I know Milrose, I think he had the best scrimmage, uh, what, last Saturday? Um, yeah. At least that's what everybody's saying. Uh, you know, I, I didn't know that I was going to start against Wisconsin until the night before the Wisconsin game. Uh, I, you know, I, I think Coach Saban really tries to dive into these quarterback competitions, and I know there's from what I heard, a lot of drop balls, and, and they had to take that into account for some interceptions as well. Um, I know he's very statistically oriented when it comes to the, and he tries to, uh, you know, I guess put a value on each each uh, scrimmage and practice and uh, really calculate those stats and see how the ball was moved with each quarterback in there. Um, but I thought, man, man, we still got two weeks. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be a long two weeks, and and uh, I, I truly don't think he he really has a favorite right now. Do you think? Well, you just answered my next question. I, I was curious if you thought maybe he knows who he wants, but he's just going to play it out, so not to tip his hand and keep the competition going. Uh, I mean, I think he's got an idea, but. Uh, you know, it's. I know he wants. Is I know the phrase he used when I was playing was, "We really need somebody to take the bull by the horns." Um, you know, and and make it obvious as to who needs to be the starter. Um, you know, it's kind of tough to to do that in practice. I feel like up to his standard. Um, so, it, it, you know, whoever starts that first game. You know, we've seen it in the last few QB competitions with, with Jalen and, and uh, Blake and, and me and Cooper. I mean, uh, whoever starts that first game probably, you know, isn't the the concrete starter until he really proves it on the field. He also um, wants, Jake, he also wants leaders. How do you become a leader if you're not yet entrenched as a quarterback? And I know he wants the quarterback to be a leader. And then how do you follow in the footsteps of Bryce Young? Uh, well, I don't know if anybody can follow in the, you know, follow the Bryce Young mold. He, to me, you know, I, the quarterback play is getting better and better there, and I, I just don't know how. I mean, hey, I, I, those guys are, are talented, um, and I know they, they've got the high ceiling. Uh, but, you know, your first year starting for these guys, they just need to move the ball and, and not turn it over. Um I know Coach Saban loves – he loves a facilitator and a guy that, again, does not turn the ball over. So uh, that's going to be the key in the first first part of the season at least. Um, but, you know, for me, when I was – I know when I was coming in, I, I, I'm not a huge rah-rah guy, especially, you know, it's kind of hard to be that guy when you haven't proven anything on the field, you know, and these guys. I know Jalen's played in a few games, but uh, – you know, you got to go out there and just prove your toughness. I think that's the most important component of a quarterback is, you know, taking shots, laying your body on the line, and showing everybody that you're there for to win games and, and not just to be the quarterback of Alabama. Um, that was my approach, and, and I think eventually over time, um, you know, the guys respected that and appreciated it, and, and uh, I think it really helped us mold into a team and, and win the championship that year. 
So, you know, uh, Jalen Hurts, when he transferred to Oklahoma to kind of get in, go with the guys, there was this video that went viral. He squatted 585 pounds. I'm just wondering, did he get that idea from you when you transferred to Tuscaloosa? Would you squat? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he didn't get that from me. No, that, that, <laughs> he didn't get that from me. <laughs> uh, no, he, uh, you know, well, you know, Jalen, it was a little bit different for him. He had a, he had a big, uh, he had proved a lot on the field at Alabama, and so when he got to Oklahoma, you know, he had a lot of experience, and, and I think those guys really fed off that. Um, but you know, Jalen, as he's proved in the in the NFL, man, that guy's got a different mentality. Um, he's just uh, that dude's a beast. Just admit you can't squat 585 pounds. There's no shame in that, Jake. Oh, I, I thought I had already done that right off the jump. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm not squatting 585. <laughs> Jake, do any of the three that are competing for the number one job, do any of them that you feel fit the Saban mold that, that really fall into what he's looking for, or is it too early to tell? Uh, you know, I... I don't really know. I mean, um, I don't know much about the, the Notre Dame quarterback. I, I've never – I mean, I think I saw a few games he played in last year where he looked pretty good. Um, you know, Jalen – Jalen, if, if, I think if he can uh, – if he can get a little bit more um, – if he can get a little bit better in the passing game, I think he's going to be an unbelievable talent. Uh, I mean, the guy's a freak athletically. So, uh, you know, if he, can, if he can get the ball down the field and be able to move the way he does, uh, it's going to be hard to compete with him. But, you know, again, I've seen I've seen Ty throw. I've gotten to know Ty. Um, Ty, to me, is an unbelievable player. I, I think it's hard to come in at camp and be the guy for, for the Notre Dame uh, quarterback. But uh, I think it's, you know, Ty and Jalen, they've been there. They, I feel like they've got a pretty good command of the their teammates. Uh, so I would think it'd be between those two. But heck, in these battles, you just never know. And then, you know, in the when you're in the heat of the battle in, in real games, you're really going to find out who who the guy is. You know, with your busy schedule, full time job, married, children, do you get a chance to go up to Tuscaloosa, or do you even want to go to watch practice or a scrimmage? I usually make it up there for uh, one or two games a year. Now this year I got two daughters now, so this year I probably won't be making any games. But uh, I, I try to make it up there. But you know, honestly, usually when I get up there, I, I see all the people I haven't seen in a while, and and the game is kind of secondary to uh, to the, the hanging out with everybody I haven't seen in a long time. All right, I heard your brother Peyton yesterday on the outdoor show about this camp he has or these lodges out in Wyoming and I was curious are you do you do uh, avail yourself of that are you going out there bird hunting I've, I've gone turkey hunting out there with him one time but you know he's he's uh, he's in the Air Force he's he's and uh, these nuclear missile silos and then his uh, passion is, is any kind of hunting or fishing so he, he's uh, you know he's in a in a silo for like three to five days, 24/7, and then when he gets out, he uh, he's got he's made friends with all these people up in Lingle, Wyoming, and it's a main flyway for geese, and there's a lot of turkeys up there, and, and mule deer, whitetails, elk, and uh, so man, he's 
Well, he's not that shallow. He's out taking people hunting and and uh, and fishing and, and and a lot of goose hunting. But man, he's uh, he's eating up wood. He's a hustler and. Uh, again, I've been out with him one time with with a group of guys, and and we had a lot of fun. It's a uh, it's a different world out there, but man, it's he makes it fun, and and uh, it's a very enjoyable experience. Well, what he suggested, if anybody is listening, hunters, obviously, and if you're interested uh, in booking uh, December, I think in January, he mentioned, and they have lodges available, beautiful lodges. Go to uh, 157 Outfitters. And uh, sign up that way, and that, that's the way you sign up to go out. Maybe Jake will be there, too. Oh, yeah. Hey, you never know. I, uh, I, I try to make it out there once or twice a year. So, uh, I, you know, I, I don't get to see him too much now that he's in Wyoming. But, um, man, with, with all this hunting going on, it's, it's a pretty easy excuse to make it out there and see him. Do you fly or drive? I'm not. I'm not driving from Mobile to Wyoming. That's a. That's a <laughs> Could you imagine trip. you and Lee? You <laughs> and Prius, Lee in, in the my Prius, Prius in my on Prius. the open road. I'll drive you out there in my Prius. I won't fly. <laughs> hey, if I could get WNSP from Mobile to uh, to Wyoming, I'd go. That way, I could listen to you all the whole time. But I tell you, better that'd idea. Be, that'd be a hard trip to beat. Jake, better idea. We'll take Air Sports One. How's that? And pick you up. <laughs> that's right that's right uh hey sounds like a plan to me yeah right until we get to the, whatever uh hey so you're a uh so you're a, a a father of two girls now huh yeah you, you know two is a lot more than one that's for sure <laughs> wow that that, Al- that alabama education really paying off for you jake <laughs> so so unlike so unlike yeah, quarterbacks, like if you have uh, what two, you don't have one. But with daughters, you want to repeat that phrase uh, again? Uh, yeah, with daughters, two is a lot more than one. That's for sure. I, I'm I'm in a lot of trouble. House full of women. I, I don't know what to do. I'm, hey. I'm lost. If, you, if anybody's got any tips, let me know. Go take to, a trip to Wyoming. Yeah, go to Wyoming. Go to um, Wyoming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, you got so, all right, Mark and Lee's advice: get out of town. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, the, on the flip side, though, on the positive, though, you're still in man-to-man defense. All right, you, when you get to three, you got to go to a zone. Things get tricky. I'm just saying. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna. I think. I think my wife is done. I, I'm. I'm. Uh, I may be. Maybe trying for that third. We'll see. See if we can't uh, get a boy. But uh, you know, man, I, my my oldest daughter, she's two and a half. Or, I mean, three and a half. She's been a blast. And uh, this this youngest daughter we got's about as about as easy as they come. So, uh, man, I I love it. It's, it's great. And and uh, if we have a third, that'd be great. If not, then hey, it is what it is. A baby boy, Lee Jacob Coker. I like it. It's got a nice ring to it. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Wasn't there a famous name, Lee Coker? Wasn't that uh, some guy that had a ton of money? Am I wrong on that? Uh, Lee Coker? Wasn't it had to do... I can't remember what you dropped these bombs on me, yeah. man. I don't, I don't know. It wasn't, me, it wasn't me, of course. But we'll, we'll get, we'll get Jake's family tree when he gets off the, uh, right. off the air here. Hey, uh, <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs> man, we appreciate you catching up with us. It's always fun to, to talk, Jake. Hope you and the uh, family are doing well, and uh, we'll, we'll be in touch for sure. Oh yeah, thank you. I'll always get talking to y'all. Yep.
That's uh, Jake Coker, ladies and gentlemen. One final segment of the week. How about that? Uh, you guys can jump in. 694-1055. It's the opening kickoff right here on the Sports Station WNSP. Hi, this is Luis Gonzalez, former South Alabama Jaguar and Major League player. You're listening to WNSP Mobile. Uranian. Yes. What you got? You got big plans this weekend? None. None at all. Typical weekend. <laughs> Cut the grass today. Trimming tomorrow. Hey, now. You don't get it all done in one? Just get after no, it? No, it's got to be uh, because of the heat out there. I take bigger breaks. Good more fluid, you. More fluid breaks. So, anyway, that that's about it. Uh, and then... No, that's about it. So were you talking about Lee Iacocca? Somebody in the app was saying... It's Iacocca. I'm sorry. That's that's (laughs) right. Exactly. Hey, I was half right. (laughs) Iacocca. Lee Iacocca. I hadn't heard that name in forever. (laughs) Me either. (sighs) But there was... I did look up. There was a Lee Coker who was identified with Coca-Cola. Okay. So So you weren't completely wrong. Not completely wrong this time. Yes. Uh, as far as the uh, weekend goes, well, this is about the, uh, what, the last weekend until we really hit the um, the football. Because, see, next next weekend, there's actually a couple of games. I think Vanderbilt has a game against Hawaii. Saints are playing Sunday night. I don't know why. That's you, that, all their exhibition games are on Sunday. Most other teams are playing Friday and Saturday. Their games are on Sunday, and they got the Chargers out in uh, the Los Angeles area. Tune in maybe a quarter. See if uh, Derek Carr is quarterbacking. What about you? You you have more. You're you got more on your plate than I do. What do you got going this weekend? Oh, I go wherever the wind takes me, Lee. Is that right? Oh, never make plans. That's I don't that's I don't what? make plans. Plans make me. You know I don't read scripts. No, Script reads no me. No dinner dinner engagements. Oh no. I'm, yeah. Who knows? Your, your wife is the social butterfly. Hey, She's the right. star. We still have time to get her on. I was guys. I tried. I really, really tried. You don't know how to go about. Uh, first of all, you have to start with some Chardonnay. Ah, <laughs> that's the start of it. That's if you the want key. Her, yeah, <laughs> you want to? Uh, is that how you snag Miss Barbara with a little Chardonnay? Not really. No, no. I don't. Just your charm. Never, your charm was, and good looks. I wouldn't. I wouldn't classify me as either or. Uh, I certainly didn't have much charm and. Uh, and the looks department, you'd have to ask her. I will. I don't analyze. I will. I, I don't I, analyze stuff like I that. I tell her when she comes on the show, that'll be the first thing. What did you, What did you see in Lee? That's the question. Yeah, that is a good question. I've never actually asked her that. Maybe you should. Maybe it's a good talking point because over dinner in New tonight. Jersey, she had a laundry list of dates. Really? Well, I wasn't even in the top Hello. ten. Hello. I used to joke about it because I'd see these names. And I'm like, God, I can't even make the top ten. Mm. Like the eight people. It's you're, like, you're in the others receiving votes? I Yeah, I was. that's about it when it first started. Like, I didn't even know I was in the, uh, the equation or the conversation. Hmm. Uh, you guys, we got some time. You can jump in. Uh, obviously, uh, 
Corey and Nick will be back on this afternoon for the uh, the final drive at three o'clock, so you can uh, tune in there as well. Do want to remind you, and again, let me let me say this: do want to thank you guys first for coming out and joining us again at Heroes uh, in Westmobile. It was a lot of fun. Got to meet a lot of folks, uh, and um, we had the grand prize winner on Logan Hike joined us early this morning uh, as a 18 year old college freshman actually moving into his dorm uh, today. There seems to be some uh, decisions that need to be made now because he's. I think he's still trying to figure out if he can get a 65-inch uh, 4K TV in a dorm. It doesn't sound like it's going well. And then can he get the recliner in there? No. Can't so get the recliner in there. I think his dad ultimately will be the big winner in all of this, but he was a good sport, and we really do appreciate him getting up early. Yeah, but he's close enough home that he can, anytime he wants, go to the, the house and yeah. take a look at the 65-inch screen. Now, how big is, is yours anywhere close to that? Mine's, what, 43, I think? I think mine's, uh, yeah, not quite that there. Did anybody ever in your household say, we need to get... Oh, sure, bigger's better, man. I hear that all the time in our household. Not from me, not from my wife, but those... The kids, when they come back, why don't you have a 60? I said, what difference does it make? I can still see it. Well, you can see more of it, I guess, if you get a bigger TV. No, but our thanks again, uh, seriously, to, to Bailey's TV and Mattress for supplying the TV. And thanks to Barrow Fine Furniture for uh, a, a very cool recliner, $1,800 really, value. So. The big thank yous to David out there at uh, Heroes for allowing us yes. to come in. And the way things went yesterday... It wouldn't surprise me if we're back there next year. All right, a prediction. Yeah, well, it's a great layout for what we it do, is. and um, it's a lot. Of, it was a lot of fun. You got so. the TV screens going. You've got a lot of room. You've got parking. I mean, what else could you ask? Lee's for? a big fan of the parking. I saw Lee's car as soon as I pulled in because he's he's like Clark Griswold, man. He parks all the way closest to the to the exit so he can be the first one in and the last one out. Right? It's 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 very it's very Clark. Well, let me w. say this: a cup many years ago. I think we had this down there at Heroes downtown. Parking's not as accessible down there. And, of course, yeah, you could his, his, yeah, his venue. And I, I said this earlier, too. How many people in the restaurant business have been as, uh, around as long as David Rasp has been? Now, Bob Baumhauer comes to mind with all his restaurants. But really, and I know there's others out there. But, I mean, you know, I, restaurants come and go. And I just wonder, because Dave's got two, at least two and I think a third he mentioned, but that he's been successful in business, in the restaurant business, which is very, very difficult for as long as he's been. And yep. I give him a lot of credit. Well, we had a great time. So want to uh, thank you guys. And want to remind you that we are hitting the road next week. Uh, high school game day. We're doing a split doubleheader. We will be in Fairhope on Thursday uh, for Fairhope season opener. And then we head to Baker on Friday. So uh, we will, I think we're going to like, 16 is that was it 16 Six, locations I think, I think it's 17 but 17 be, well they got it that doesn't include postseason i know it, it might be a record but we will never be back in this studio on friday until november so t marcus if you're here on fridays you will not see us yeah i don't expect to be here on friday either. yeah he doesn't work fridays yeah, I'll probably be with you guys at whatever. Does he? I don't know. Is that your contract? You don't work Fridays or Mondays? Nah. I yeah. Work Just come in on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursdays between I don't know ten and well till lunch and then and then out by one thirty. Yeah. I like I mean, it. You'll, you'll see me on Friday nights at whatever school you got. 
There you go. All right, that does it for another week of the opening kickoff. On behalf of everybody here at WNSP, we want to wish you and yours a happy and safe weekend. We're back at it Monday at 6 a.m. Until then, see ya!